From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week at Nintendo Main, I got House of the Dead Remake, and Nintendo bought some land. I finally earned this game's respect. I walked around the whole world. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 316, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about Sega games and Sega-inspired games on Nintendo Switch. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Sanders for Losers Johnson. I'm Jeremy Godskin Peeler Makowski. And I'm John Breathing Again Knitter. Breathing Again. I saw that you uh, that you did a thing that we talked about a bunch of times on this show. I, I mean, And we could even start with it if you want, I guess. Sure. It's pretty um, milestone I would say. Yeah, I was happy to see you playing Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. I could see it through the internet, and I was like, oh, cool, John's playing that again. I saw yep. you put like over 200 hours into the game, like not recently, but total, you know, total. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool, you're playing that game again. Yep, not only that, but I I beat the game. You so did? So finally, after all these years, I went and beat the game. Now, I didn't want to just like, I'll tell you how this came about. It came about because of my folders. Folders are great. They, they, they seem to have helped you... Uh, find your other games that you forgot were there (laughs) you know exactly well i have the folder of of you know my backlog and i wanted to dip into the backlog and that is the most burning spot in the whole in the whole backlog so i i went for breath of the wild but it took me a a day or two to like really decide i was going to do it and then i had before i even fired up the game i had i had to like come up with a strategy because i did not want to just like jump in after four years away and beat ganon and that's that that would be like anticlimactic sure so I thought, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to try and beat all the shrines? No, I don't quite want to do that. Um, you know, try to go for some other side quests and all that. I decided what I would do is I would start at one corner of the map and I would walk around the whole world. And I thought that would just help me to appreciate the 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 scale of the game again. It would make it seem as big as it did back four years ago when I was actually playing it. Did you um, Did you have a the hero's path to help you or did you just like do it on your own like does it i don't remember does it show you the hero's path before or after you break it be, or beat it because i know you have the i know you have the dlc yeah, yeah it, it shows you you know as soon as you download the dlc so okay so yeah so you can see like the little line like go across the map and all that while you're while you're doing yeah. it so you know for sure that you walked from one side to the other Give yeah so i just i went to one i went to the top left corner which is like you know snowy mountains and all that stuff and then i i set up a waypoint for the top right corner I just walked there and it took me about like, like each stretch that would take me like probably an hour, about an hour or so, maybe a little bit more than that. But I was, I was taking my, my sweet time with it. I was, again, the whole point being not to run around the map as fast as I could, but to like take it all in again. Yeah. Um, Reimmerse yourself in the world. Reimmerse myself. Right. And I was like stopping. I found a few shrines along the way and I beat three or four extra shrines that I hadn't found. Yeah, and it was just, I think that was a great way to do it. Anybody who's 
who's looking to get back into Breath of the Wild after a long time, I say that's the way you do it. You just take a walk around the whole world and you'll feel like, oh, this game is as big as I remember. Uh, when I got to walking around the whole world, it finally took me about five hours or so. I did it over two days. And then um, I decided that wasn't enough. So I decided also do an X. So I started at one corner, <laughs> bottom left corner, went to the top right, and then top left went to the bottom right. And at that point, uh, I did go to the hero's map and it was funny to see my whole journey because it was scattershot all over the place. But then the last portion is oop, just doing a loop around the world and then a big X yeah. like, done. Kind of like a Confederate flag. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was not my <laughs> intention. <laughs> You're like, Kyro's being taken. I was thinking about some of the stupid stuff from the newer X-Men movies where they like have a tendency to just get the, the letter X in it. Like, I think it was a was it X-Men Apocalypse, the one with the. Uh, with apocalypse in there uh where there's a part where magneto just drops two giant metal things that just make an x just for no reason there's absolutely no reason in the movie for that to happen it's just like x and it just reminded me of that part it's so dumb and it makes no sense but it's like yeah yeah we can make big x's in our movies we made enough of these we're fine with just throwing giant x's at you that's that's what that reminded me of well much like stan lee the letter x has an agreement that it gets to show up in every movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was thinking is, uh, was like Ganon's castle in the middle of the X? Then isn't that supposed to be in? Isn't it yep. in the middle of the map somewhere? Like, would it have? Correct. Yeah, it's right in the middle. So it's like X marks the spot. So like you made the X, and then you go to the middle, and then you take care of. Take care of Ganon. Yep. Yeah, and there was a couple things that I I had forgotten throughout the game, and actually uh, I encountered one of them. Unfortunately, as I was fighting Ganon, um, I got I got like well, first of all, I got the the four divine beasts so they shot the lasers and they took out half his energy and all that and then i was trying Spoilers. to figure out how to actually <laughs> attack again i used some of my the light arrows and like that worked for a bit you know he's got like this arm cannon thing and you shoot the arm cannon with the light arrows that takes out some energy but then he goes to his final form and like he's impenetrable with light arrows and so i was trying to figure out for like a good 20 minutes what do i do he keeps blasting me with lasers and i'm dodging the lasers and all that stuff I had no idea what to do. I finally just had, I had to look it up and it turned out that I forgot that there was the move where if you uh, time it, where he's about to blast you with the laser, oh, the deflect. then you use your shield at the right yeah. second, that many deflects. Mm -hmm. So I'd completely forgotten about that. And there was no way that I was going to remember that, mm -hmm. you know, four years on. Uh, and so I just looked it up on YouTube and there it was. After that, I finally beat him. And then, you know, I, I really liked the, the final form where he was, I guess it's the, well, I said I said final form before. So there was one form where he turns orange and he's like impenetrable. And then there's the final actual form where you're outside on the field. And that was really, really cool to see. I, I'd never looked up the, the ending to Breath of the Wild before, so I didn't really have any idea of what it looked like. I successfully stayed away from it. Yeah. And I thought that was a really apt close to the game to, to have it not be in a dungeon or in a castle or whatever, but out there on the field where you spent the majority of your time. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, you know that they, you know that the the people who made Breath of the Wild like flat out said that they were inspired by uh, Hyrule Warriors for for making for putting their bosses outside. Like they said oh, that yeah. because the Hyrule Warriors game had a bunch of boss battles that you did outside of castles, and they said that was really cool and that they wanted to incorporate that into Zelda. So supposedly, those bosses came from the Hyrule Warriors game on Wii U that came out before that, and oh, that's wow. where the inspiration came from. That's what they were saying. So. So you got Hyrule Warriors to thank for that, I guess. So for the Divine yep. Beasts as well, you think? I mean, you fight them outside too, right? They are very Xenobladesy. Yeah, mm. I just remember. Uh, I just remember Ian Noma saying that like he thought it was really cool to see like 
these big boss battles outside. I mean, like, well, I could do that. Hmm. I mean, the dark was it the Darksiders games did that too. Like, uh, you know, which those games are very much like Zelda, and they're really cool. But yeah, they had, they had some really cool outside battles also. But yeah, he said that the Hyrule Warriors inspired him to have to do outside boss battles as well. So the only thing I really remember about Ganon is that there's, I mean, he turns into a pig, right? Towards the end. Yeah, he like turns he, into a big glowing pink pig creature. He becomes yep. a big pig and you have to beat him on the horse, right? Like right. more or less. And I think yeah, my horse. shoot him with the light arrows. Yeah, I think like my horse died or something. Like got fucked up at the end and I don't know. I, I really don't remember it that much. That happened to me. <laughs> I, uh. My horse got killed really quick, and then I just remember the first time I beat him, I just took him out on foot. It, it really wasn't that hard, but I had also, I was OP, which I'm sure you were too, John. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I remember, because <laughs> Jeremy and I, we did do like a full-on like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild spoiler cast that we did on this on the show. And I remember us talking about like that the Ganondorf was kind of, seemed like a little bit of a letdown when you finally got to him. Probably probably because we had been exploring for so long and we were just too strong. Like, sometimes that happens, you know, where, like, a lot of times in RPGs, you know, you, you, you fight the mega boss and that boss is hard, and then you fight the regular boss and the boss is dumb, like, because you're used to fighting the mega boss or whatever. So maybe that's kind of... I think it's kind of cool, though, with the, the way that they did it, where you could run up in your underwear first thing and you could fight him and it would be impossible. I think it says something that if you're spending over... 100 hour 140 hours in this game whatever that you can actually beat him pretty easily i think that's that has to be a possibility mm-hmm. right because you it has to be a possibility that you can be that overpowered super guy whatever who just comes in and wipes him out if that wasn't a possibility if it was just always going to be really really hard i think that would be to the game's detriment yeah that's always annoying where they make the final boss just incredibly annoying for for no reason yep. it's just like let's just make this just really unfair and they let you make your own fierce deity mask with stats oh yeah like make you make also hardy uh all the hardy meals that'll restore all your energy plus oh yeah i have 15 of those yeah i love those meals. Have, that, shit. the hardy durians and, and 15 meals yep i mean once you once you figure out those hardy meals like why would you why would you make anything else you know like that's that's what i did in the game it was just just hardy durian meals for days like why would you make anything else? There's no point to just buy it. Just get whatever like fills your hearts up and all that. I guess if you know, there's ones that do stats, but I never really. But I got to the end. I just didn't care about stats anymore. I just did the hardy ones. Did you feel any particular way emotionally after it was done? Like, did it kind of feel sad or did it feel good or both? Felt like closure. Closure. Okay. Uh, closure. Yes. Um, felt the weight off your shoulders. Be like, I figured it out. I figured it out. You said it's your middle name, right? You could you could breathe again. Finally, breathe after yes, that. Yes, I'm breathing again. Yes, you're breathing um, the breath of the wild. Oh wait, I, right. that was what you meant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I'm doing the uh, uh, challenge where you get the motorcycle next. So I'm sort of a quarter of the way through that, and then I gotta uh, go through and I aim to 100 the game. Even with the Korok seeds, with the 900 Korok seeds. Well, okay, no, not counting the 999 pieces of shit. No, because that's just me. I mean, you don't, I think it's just, there's so many in there that they want you to be able yeah. to find a good amount, but don't, it, it actually, I mentioned it before, like with this versus like Arceus and all that, like, you know, that where you got to buy the extra pockets to your whatever, where you buy, buy to where you keep like spending money to, to carry more stuff. That's the same way that the Korok seeds work, where you get a certain amount of Korok seeds and you can take them to the, like, whatever the tree guy and he'll, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll, and he'll like give you, give you more, give you more, uh pockets in your you know in your coat or in your bag or whatever spots for your 
armor or your yeah. your swords and and you, yeah. you only need that so far. Like, you don't really need to completely right. max it out. Like, as much as I wanted to completely max it out in Arceus, I just didn't. Because it ends up getting, like, insanely expensive, and it's like, why even bother? And I feel like that's kind of the same way on this. Like, they put so many Korok seeds in there that you'll you'll find a decent amount that will be able to, for you to, like, make your inventory large enough for you to make it through the game. But, you, but I don't think they expect you to find all of them. I think they just want you to want to have so many in there that people will be able to find enough to expand your inventory to a certain point and all that. Yeah, and I think there are fun little little things to find along the way as you're doing something else, but as a mission in and of themselves, I think that would be so tedious and boring to try and find all 900 of them. And did you hear the news this week that came out? Uh, the director of Breath of the Wild confirmed that all of the Korok seeds are Korok poop. <laughs> okay. Not not just the gold <laughs> poop that you win at the end. All of the seeds are Korok poop. And actually, as you get... Um, uh, each poop, there's a little, you know, that is the description of what it is and all. It says, I noticed it has a distinct odor. Oh, yeah. So, yep, it is Korok poop. Yeah, it doesn't say aroma, it says odor. Mm-hmm. It's like the night soil or whatever that they call it. You know, it's like the same thing. It's like, yeah, a, it's a poop. Royal soil. I think it was actually called the night soil because we did, we did an episode where we talked about it and I looked it up. But in uh, Dragon Quest Builders, it was called the night soil because I guess you take a dump at night in the bathroom. I mean, why wouldn't you? But but still, yeah, it's like, you know, pooping, it's your seed. You're leaving your seed in the toilet, in the ground, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hestu was the guy I was trying to think of. <laughs> yeah, the, that guy. So, but there you go. You did it. So now now you can go n- now you can go get the motorcycle and you can do as I was doing on the Wii U one where you just you just take the motorcycle and you just look at the map and you're like, which part of the map haven't I gone to? And you just ride the motorcycle there and see what's there. And that was fun for a while, you know. I have something to say about the motorcycle. What's, what's that? that? I don't have it. Oh, you never got it? I never finished the quest to get it. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a... So I need to go back and do that. There, there's its own, like... The motorcycle is kind of its own little divine beast, which is cool. Like, the thing you do before you get the motorcycles, there's another dungeon in there. So that's so that was neat. So you have to do... I mean, there, there's, some kind of, there's some kind of, like, tedious stuff that you have to do before we have to go from, like, place to place, and you probably got kind of annoyed mm-hmm. by that. And bounced That's off of it because yeah. it annoyed the crap out of me too. But I had to, I had to get to that motorcycle, so I, so I kept doing it. But, but the final, like when you get to the dungeon of the motorcycle, I thought was kind of cool. And the boss that you fight for the motorcycle, I thought was interesting. I don't want to say what it was, what it was, because I don't want to spoil it. But was it a guy riding a Harley? <laughs> it was, it was Ghost Rider actually. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you got there, cage it, as Ghost Rider. Oh God, I would love to beat him up. Should have never played Ghost Rider, but no, yeah, yeah, you get there and it's, and it's, and it's Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" That'd be funny. No, it was, I, yeah, I liked, I liked that part of it, but the other stuff was kind of so-so. And I, you know, I, I can only get so far in the whatever the Trials of the Sword, like that was part of it too. Mm-hmm. The DLC where you don't, you know, where you kind of like have to do like all those floors, but if you die, you like you can't save anywhere, so that's the annoying part. Like if right. you die, you lose all of it, and you have to start again. And all of it is just to make your master sword a little bit more powerful, I guess. So oh, yeah, I did one of those. Yeah, I got to level forty. Yeah, but yep. I mean, there's. A, I guess if you do the whole thing, it makes it like twice the power or something. But I just, I just couldn't do it. It was too much, too much back to the beginning. Like if you fuck up like one thing, and it's like, uh, I wish you could do like, like in the Persona games, for like every so many floors, you can like save, and then if you die, you come back to whatever floor you saved on. Like that one, it's just you got to start over. You can't even. Go to like the tenth, the twentieth floor, or whatever. You can start back at one. That's they at least have the little like recharge stations, though, where it would offer you a bunch of food and a spot to cook. So I thought that was pretty. I only did the first one, which is 
I think there's there's three levels. So I I, I, I like that. I just I just wish they would give you the option to go back to that when you die. Go back to that area, the areas where you could cook food. Yeah, that would be better. Start from there instead of the very beginning. Because it's, you know, there's a lot of floors. And you can only take so much of it, unless you're a, unless you're into punishment. But you did it. You finally, you made it through Breath of the Wild. So now it's time, now it's the time for Breath of the Wild 2 came out. Because they were just waiting for John to finish the game. And now you have. That's exactly it. I'm now, sorry for the delay, guys. <laughs> My fault. Now you got to contact Aonuma uh, and all those people who are working on it and be like, hey, uh, it's, you can put it out now. Even though you said it's coming out next year, you can put it out now. Put it out this year. We, we know right. it's done, so go for it. I'm sure you've seen, uh, this was like kind of a recent Breath of the Wild news thing too on that point. Uh, somebody, what was it, Digital Digital Foundry saying that like going over the footage that was shown, they believe that it couldn't run on the Switch. I mean, people have said I saw that. that too, yeah. People have said that for so many games though. Digital Foundry said that? I think so. There was mm. it was on their podcast. They, they were, said the volumetric clouds would be impossible on Switch, or yeah, highly unlikely. Well, I mean, but also you have to realize that this is Nintendo. They are the kings of trickery on these systems, and yep. they've been you know this. I mean, the system's five years old. It's been five years, over five years since they started making. And the hard the hardware itself was already made of components, off the shelf components that were years old when it was made. Right. And look how good Breath of the Wild looked. I mean, that was a Wii U game. Upscaled. That was a Wii U game, yeah. It wasn't even a Switch game. I'm just saying there's a good chance that Nintendo has found ways to make it look better. I don't think it would... I mean, I would be really surprised, and we talked about this before, that it would not be on the Switch. I mean, maybe there is a Switch 2, and it'll be on both systems. I believe that, but I wouldn't believe that they would not put it on, you know, oh, no the, the number one selling system right now. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't believe that. Like with their, with all the shit they've sold, that would switches, be why would really they screw bad for every, their sales. Why would they screw yeah. everybody over? Like when so many people have bought switches, like why would you do that? Well, including themselves, because yeah. a lot of people just have a switch light. A lot of people just have, you know, whatever their launch switches. Yeah, and they want to play it on whatever. They bought it expecting to be able to play Breath of the Wild two or whatever, you know. So some people have three switches at their house. You know, it's different. You know. Oh wait, no, you only have two now, right? Because you sold. We did have three. We did have three for a second, yeah. but yeah, I sold my other one. So we have two. I mean, actually, I guess technically we have three because Conan has one too, but I don't know if he plays it at all or if it's here or if, it, or if it's at his uh, place in Milwaukee or not. I don't know. So we did have maybe four Switches, but that's why Switches sell so much, right? Because people can buy multiple Switches or it's, you know, because it's a handheld. So you might need to have multiple ones and all that. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy that you were enjoying the Breath of the Wild. Finally, went back to it. It's it's got to be interesting to play it now, like especially you know since it's been like five years since it launched, and just go back to it and still. I mean, is it still cool? Like, are you still impressed by all that it is? Yeah, it's still fantastic. I'm still impressed by it, how the systems all interact and the um, the AI. Like like you know, if you throw a bomb at them or whatever, they'll kick it back at you, and you know, it's just very clever it's a very believable world um and it had me thinking like should i have placed it higher in my uh switch top five list that we did recently so it did have me thinking about that like maybe had i played it where, where did you put it maybe. did you put it you probably put, put it, it probably put it under hitman it three, three right yeah I put it at number three yeah i don't know i think my i think my top five is pretty tight like i had uh um super mario maker two uh then hitman and then breath of the wild but you know had i played this maybe i would have switched hitman and breath of the wild or if i could if i could i would tie them both at two sure yeah um it, it is like a fantastic sandbox game 
I mean, do you think in the past week you've had enough of an experience with it that it boosted it to that place? Or do you just think you'd forgotten a lot of it? And Because really, I, I mean, it, you'd already played the media of the game before this past week. Yes. Yeah. I think it, I, I just hadn't played it in so long. Like, you know, Hitman was top of my mind yeah, when I made that I list. That so I don't I don't know. I, I think. They're 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 both sandbox games te- technically, but you know Zelda is open world and Hitman is you have these closed levels that are like massive um, games of mousetrap with everything set perfectly. Like they're very different. Mm. So I guess it's just it, 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 I, I think you could ask me on different days and get different answers all the time. Do I prefer the the wide open really do anything you want or the you know what happens if if I hit this trigger and then this happens and that happens like. They're two different types of games. So I, I don't know. I think they're both worthy of number two on my list. Sure. And they'll just never be number one. <laughs> yeah, or is it, and they're both Mario number, Maker. Yeah. Both, both number one. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you just like playing around with all the different switches and stuff in uh, yep. a Hitman 3 on Switch. Exactly. Switches on Switch. Cool. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad you're back to playing it. And uh, yeah, play around with some of that DLC stuff. I think that. Definitely. I think that motorcycle is a lot of fun. I mean, it's it is it is pretty much the Ghost Rider motorcycle, as I as I talked about it before when we had Smashing Theory on there. That you know, the Ghost Rider motorcycle is very much like the Ghost Horse from Elden Ring, right? It's a it's not an actual thing. It's like a whatever. It's a demon. It's a demon cycle that you can summon at any time. You know, it doesn't actually physically exist. Like the go, you know, Ghost Rider never had to park it or anything. It just appears whenever whenever that Ghost Rider thinks of it. So it's it's like that. You can summon it at will. It'll just appear in front of you, and you can drive somewhere. And it's great. It's like a horse that you'll never lose. Instead of hay, it eats gas. And I like. I just like the because you know originally they were really going hardcore into the like going into the hardcore sci-fi stuff for Breath of the Wild, and I like like the post-apocalyptic stuff. And originally it was going to be like you know more like uh, more like cyberpunk, uh, not the game, but the actual style, <laughs> you know like steampunk cyberpunk stuff like with you know like cities and stuff like that and that switch probably wouldn't have been able to handle that that's probably the way they went more like fields and stuff but i feel like maybe the cycle is a remnant of that and maybe that was originally that was going to be replace the horse and all that it just you know it's, it's like that it's like the deleted scene of the movie you know it's the dlc like here's the here's the original idea we had was this was a cycle and we're just gonna bring it in there maybe they'll lean into that for the sequel maybe the cyberpunk aesthetic will be there more i would love that I would be super into that. Like I've been talking about that for a long time. Like we, cause you sort of get a peek into like the, the ancient technology or whatever. Cause the guardians themselves are super cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of present as animated statues or whatever, but yeah, they're just a fantasy version of a robot. Yeah. That's, I would, I would love to see more of that. And I, yeah, I'd love to see the cycle in the second one. And I was really excited when I heard about it, that when the DLC was, they were going to have the cycle in there. I was like, Whoa. I think that was what actually inspired me to get it was seeing the the cycle on there. So had to follow it all the way through. But yeah, cool. Another beat. I think you're I think you're winning in the beat category. I haven't really looked, but John's been like knocking them out like every week for the past however however many episodes. So in addition to the to the folders, it was like you know I, I the the folders made me beat those other games. But then it was like okay, I've beaten all these other games, but I still haven't beaten Breath of the Wild. Like come on, let's do it. So that's why I did let's it. Get to it. And you were saying that story about like it raining in the game and raining outside. The first thing I thought of was, oh yeah. First thing I thought of was like, oh god, you can't climb anything because <laughs> I was I, I hated <laughs> the rain so much in that game. That was the thing that I hope they kind of fix or at least help you get like some anti-rain gloves or something like that because that really drove me crazy because I would just stand around and wait for it to stop raining because I was so annoyed by trying to climb in the rain. 
and that would I figured just, out the exact yeah. pattern. Maybe you guys figured it out too, but it's when he's climbing, he goes climb, 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 jump. And then you'll, you'll fall a little bit, but if you reach it, you know, he's reaching his hand up when I say climb, climb, climb. So that's one reach, one reach, one reach on the third reach. That's when you hit the jump button and you'll still make progress. So uh, as long as you got a full stamina bar, you can still climb during the rain, but it is super annoying still. And I have the, story, the highest stamina bar I can. Me too. That was a maxed up stamina bar anymore. first. Yeah. yeah, you leaned into yep. that pretty hard. I remember that. <laughs> Doing all the stamina stuff. Yeah, on, on the rain story. So I was playing. This is my first time playing on the new sound system that I have. And I heard I heard rain. And I was like, oh, it's like it's going, you know, that's like it sounds really good. And you know, the the game is raining and all that stuff. It's like, wait, that sounds like too good. Like, wow. I was really impressed. And I looked outside and it rained, it started raining exactly at the same moment in, in, in real life as in the game. So that was pretty funny. Nice. Um, and then you, and then you fell yeah. off your, off your chair. Cause it was too wet from the rain. Yep. You're like, Oh, and then you dropped the controller. Ugh. Cause you can't hold on to anything. Breath of the wild. Um, Highly recommend this game to anybody <laughs> who hasn't played it. You ever heard of, you ever heard of Breath of the years. Wild? Uh, you got a Switch? You should try it out, man. It's a, it's a hell of a game. I know nobody ever talked about it ever, but you know you should you should definitely check it out. It's a uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty good still. I thought about playing it again just as the five year anniversary and all that, but uh, I mean you don't you have know. to play through it. But yeah, I I have a file I restarted well a year or two ago now, but just to kind of like play it, you know, just like watching a movie you liked again and. uh I didn't play super far into it, but I got like off the plateau and I just really enjoy that beginning part. Like it really does feel like a, a game in itself. Just getting off the plateau. Got off the plateau too. Like, well, on my switch copy in my, in my new like switch case that I have the bigger case, like it has like 18 spots for games. And I never really switched my games over from the other case to that one, but there's only one game that's in there and that's breath of the wild. It's just the breath of the wild <laughs> cartridge that is sitting in that new switch case. It's just in there in case I decide to play it. I don't know. I mean, I don't have, I already beat Bowser's Fury, so I don't have that sitting in my Switch. Actually, the physical game that's in there right now is Super Robot Wars, because I hope that someday I'd play it, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But it's just sitting in there, ready to play whenever. But I should put Breath of the Wild in there, maybe give it a try. But I have too much stuff to play, and a lot to talk about. So why don't we transition to that, and talk about games we've been playing and games we've got for the week. Speaking of games that I beat... I beat a little game called House of the Dead Remake, which nice. which came out uh, in between episodes. I think it came out like right after we, well, it came out the next day. Like it didn't, it didn't come out at night. It's you know they're always weird about uh, release times and all that. But House of the Dead Remake is officially out now, and I beat it. I beat it in a couple days. It's not it's not very long, you know. But I mean, it's a remake of House of the Dead One. Like what do you expect? It's it's only going to be like an arcade game. But I think it I think it plays pretty well for the most part, all things considered. I mean it is, you know, it is a Switch game, and I've said before many times, the Switch pointer control is not great. It's hasn't been great for any game. I I personally don't really care for it, but it was it was as far as like ones that I've played with pointing, I think it's okay. Like I was able to play through the whole thing. But in the very in the last level of the game, I actually ended up using my 8-bit Doe controller. And just moving that around and aiming instead of using the oh, well. the Joy Cons, just because I thought it might be a little bit more accurate. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of guys where you have like where they have like one spot that you can shoot, 
and you have to focus on that one spot, you know, and I felt like it was still kind of mm-hmm. moving around. Like maybe it's just me fidgeting or whatever, but yeah, I ended up using that. And I, and I tried to do like some of the, uh, anal- the analog stick movement, you know, to see if that would make it steadier to shoot it. And I don't know, but I, but I beat the game. Like the great thing about house of the dead remake is you don't have to beat the whole game in one sitting, which is great because you have a limited number of continues. So you can't just like free play your whole way through. And it, and it works kind of a little bit like House of the Dead Overkill, where basically it gives you a certain amount of continues, and when you run out of continues, you can use the amount of points that you've gained in the game to buy more continues. But then when you run out of points, you run out of continues and there's a game over. So uh, House of the Dead Overkill did that, where like there was just no continues. Like Every time you continued, it would take, take away from your high score. But if you went to completely zero, you could still keep, keep continuing. You just wouldn't. Your high score would just stay at zero. So, but this, this one is like, once you run out of enough points to buy continues, then you just get a game over and it shows the pathway that you went, which is pretty cool. Cause you know, there's different ways you can go and it shows the guy, the overhead guy running and all that stuff. And a lot of the voices like sound like that, that high pitched, uh, guy with the wings, the bat guy is in there. The suffer like G did like that guy. He's in there. He sounds the same. So <laughs> it's got the same and it does the same thing like Resident Evil. Like I said earlier, where you turn it on, it's like house of the dead. I kind of miss them doing that in games. Like, all the Resident Evils would do that whenever you hit start, and it would say the name of the game. Like, why don't they do that anymore? I mean, I know it's fucking silly, but I kind of miss it. <laughs> Where, like, yeah, it'd be like, Resident Evil 2, or whatever, whenever you press start, and it would just tell you what it is again. And House of the Dead the does that, too. voice acting terrible? The voice acting is, uh, is House of the Dead level, so yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's dumb, you know, It's but it's expected. Like, there's some there was one part, I recorded it, and I was going to post it on Twitter or send it to you guys, and I didn't do it yet, but, uh, like, the first boss you run into, there's this lady, Sophie, that you're trying to rescue or whatever, and you and you find her, like, she gets taken away by the sufferer like G, like G did guy, and uh, you find her later in a room, and she's, like, on the floor, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I saw you, and then this dude just comes in there and just hits her in the, in the head with this hatchet, like, the back of a hatchet, and, like, knocks her across the room into the wall, and it's so brutal, it's just like, boom, and she's just like, whoosh, and just slides away, yeah, and that guy's hilarious, too, because he's just kind of like... He's like moving and it just looks like he's dancing. Like he's just like dancing to you. And he's uh, he's got like, you know, he's got like a suit of armor, but there's like a hole in the armor and you have to shoot through the hole. But then the armor goes away and then he's like all muscles and then you have to shoot all the muscles off of him. And then he's just like a skeleton. And that, that part's, that's a fun boss. So, but I think the game's really fun to play. Like I got it when it was on sale for 20 bucks and I think it was totally worth it. The, the big thing that I, the, the problem with me playing any House of the Dead game is that I'm going to, I'm going to compare every House of the Dead game to the greatest House of the Dead game of all time. And that is House of the Dead Overkill on the Nintendo Wii, which I played the shit out of that game, and that game is great. It doesn't really hold a candle to that. And the, and the reason that House of the Dead Overkill was so great is that House of the Dead Overkill like emphasized replayability. Like it was really good at that. Whereas like you know you would you would get like you would be, the idea was to shoot so many times without missing. Like you want to like try to go through a whole thing without hitting because every, without missing because every time you get a hit another guy and hit another guy and hit another guy. The, uh, the combo meter goes like up and up and up and you get more points and the game kind of changes also like you can get to like and it, and it and, and it'll talk about the brutality of like how you're killing them like you get to like you know like uh, I don't know like massacre mode or whatever I don't remember the actual names of it but it changes depending on how many, how much combos you get and you know you want to get the and the higher scores you get the more money you make and the and the more money you get the more weapons you can buy 
and you can like you know upgrade your weapons as well they just added like so much shit to it that you can do like you can buy all these extra weapons you can upgrade all these weapons so like you wanted to like play through it over and over again and keep getting stuff to build your character and to make it so you could and i would just play through it with with shotguns so i could hit kill everybody in one hit so it's much easier to like keep the combo going and all that and there's also a lot of hidden stuff that you could get within the levels which would get you more points as well and there's a slowdown mode in there also which is great where you can just like boom 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 like knock the guys out and like and keep the combo and all that because they're moving super slowly and it goes all black and white and all that i don't know this game made me miss overkill a lot they should just re-release overkill that game's so good i paid 60 bucks for that again i don't know you gotta they gotta nail down those pointer controls i would take a peripheral just make a just make a peripheral well you know what uh i found some i found some on amazon i was just i was just looking around on the internet and i found a couple uh gun peripherals for the switch that you can get but they're like uh they're kind of like um rifles so they're kind of they were made for like the big game hunter games and stuff that are on there and it's basically like the right control the the right uh joy con is in the back and the left joy con is on the top so like you pull the trigger with the right one which that's what i was using on house of the dead was the right joy con to move around and and uh and and you shoot them and all that so you'd have to kind of like hold it like this and i guess it, it says like you know you could play fortnite with this i'm like who plays fortnite with this but uh i the, the cheapest one i could find was 15 dollars, and i was i thought about it for a second but i'm like don't do that come on that's dumb don't pay 50 dollars, 15 dollars for this one game that you want to use it on you know i literally wanted just to release a usb uh light bar Oh, yeah. oh, you mean like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I was, think, I was thinking Bluetooth. about the, I was thinking about the light gun stuff, but no. Uh, yeah, sensor bar would be great. That would, that would really help. I know they have the sensor on the back, you know, for the one two switch. Remember, we used that for that one game. Like, I don't even yeah. remember using that, but. Well, I remember taking pictures with it with the, uh, the kit. Oh yeah. Well, with the Labo, yeah, because you could use it because it was used in the car. Like when you drove around with the car, it kind of did like a little like heat sensor predator type thing. There's also an app on the Switch store that you can download where you can use it as a camera. I've never gotten it because it's like five bucks. Oh, you have to pay for it. (laughs) That's five dollars too much. I mean, that is kind of a lot just to make it into a camera. But yeah, there is a camera on there. So I guess you'd have to like flip the controller and then you don't have the trigger in the right spot and all that. But I mean, even if you could just aim with the one and maybe shoot with the other hand or something, you know, maybe make it better. But I, I do really miss the motion, but as far as like, as far as like stuff like that has gone on the Switch, I think it works the best. I guess I don't know. There's not a whole lot to compare it to. I did have to like reset it a good amount of times, you know, because it'll kind of get, you know, it's it's just motion. There's no, there's no like a control bar to like set it to. So it's always it's gonna always gonna be off. You know, you're gonna have to reset it. So that's what you have to do. And and I was looking through the uh, the options like how to you know what to what the controls were and all that and it said like if you press left or right on the on the left stick you can change weapons so like and i so like i played through the whole game and i'm like i didn't find any weapons in here like where are the weapons so what i found out and this kind of sucks like this is what kind of like nerfs the replayability that i was talking about about overkill how you can build up points and buy something after every playthrough in this one the only the only way that you can get to the weapons is you have to play through the first like four levels and find all of the doctors or whatever like you have to save everybody in one run which is fucking impossible i don't know if you can do it chapter by chapter because it does let you like restart on each chapter and that's how i beat the game you know if you play like the second chapter you can start on the second one or the third or fourth or whatever and when i beat i start on the final chapter and i just played through it until i until i beat it but, but yeah, you, you have to find all of the all of the guys and you have to save all of them like none of them can get attacked by the zombies and then you get a secret room that enhances your armory or whatever. 
And once you find the secret room, then you can find the secret weapons that are available in every level. And there's a different weapon for every level. And I guess once you find them once, then you'll have them forever in the game. So, but I, I tried to, I tried to like rescue all the guys in the first mission and I just couldn't do it. There's a part, there's a part where two of them get attacked at once and I'm just not quick enough to shoot both of them at the same time. But, and, but it, I, I feel like this was something that was in the, uh, was it was in one of the Dreamcast versions of this? Maybe it was House of the Dead Two that had that, where you, where there was a secret room you had to find, and then you could find different stuff on top of it. Because I think the House of the Dead Two and Three that was re-released on Wii, I think the two was based on the Dreamcast release. So I remember reading that like years ago that it had a similar thing in there. Which those games were fun too, but Overkill was much more fun because Overkill also had like twelve levels or in it or whatever. Like they made it way bigger. It was like it was like three or four times the size of House of the Dead One, you know for sure, and probably at least twice the size of House of the Dead Two and Three combined. And I liked how they had the different posters for each level that all looked like old movies and had the little like credit block on the bottom. And you know they all had this their own little theme. Like there was one that was on a train. There's like one that was on a circus. There was like you know all these cool different places that you go to. There's like a haunted like a uh, haunted hospital that you go to and like a police station and they did all they just went and did all these really cool locations plus it got really out there like the ending is super mature uh they 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 go to places that you wouldn't expect like that was when nintendo was really shooting for the for the mature fences on wii they're like we want like the bloodiest weirdest most sexual whatever game on here and and they they nailed it they're like let's be real weird in this game and, and they did there's like some stuff in there that reminds me of dead alive like very much so in that same part that i that's like that was really strange it's basically straight out of dead alive i'm sure they were pulling from that but no, Dead Alive is like one of the bloodiest movies, and they were trying to go. You get a lawnmower as a weapon? No, there's no lawnmower, but the no. but kind of the similarities between like the main characters and his, and his mother and his zombie mother, like they do stuff mm-hmm. with that and Overkill also. Do they put a baby in a blender? No, but that baby's not actually in the blender. He jumps out before it starts, so never actually. Oh, does he? Yeah, I don't think he actually gets blended. No, he gets he gets in the lawnmower. But no, it's a House of the Dead. It's cool. Like I said, it's it it came out for twenty five bucks full price, I think, and I think it's worth that if you wanna. If you want to play some of the old school House of the Dead stuff, it's just, you know, you got to deal with the switch pointing, which isn't, you know, I played it on my TV in the living room, which is normally pretty bad as far as pointing goes, but I beat the whole thing out there. So it worked well enough that I could beat the game. And it's, yeah, it's, it's campy as hell. Like the, you know, the voices are ridiculous and the acting's hilarious. And if you play it on, if you play it on like modern score mode or whatever, you can play as G, but G isn't in it if you, if you don't. So I was glad that I found G in there because you got to play as G. I mean... She's the guy. She's the main character of the game. You know, suffer like G did. Like, how can you not? How can you do that if he's not in there? There's a there's different endings. There's like three or four different endings. Uh, I guess from what I heard is you gotta like play through the whole game with like out continuing. I'm like, how the fuck are you supposed to do this? I I like died like five times in the first level. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. Maybe when you get the better the better weapons, you can do that. You can get through it without dying. Uh, I guess I got a medium ending because I didn't. I don't know, because I did, because I, whatever. I don't know, I don't remember what exactly you have to do. I think you have to, like, lose all of the doctors or something like that to get the worst ending. But, yeah, I, I got the, the whatever, the medium ending. But I guess the lady, the Sophie, you can end with her coming back to life and or not ever getting killed or whatever. And, but, yeah, no, it's it's a recommendation for me. I think it's I think it's cool for what it is. But speaking of uh, Sega stuff on the, on the Switch, I also got this little game called Slipstream. Which was on sale for nine ninety nine. Actually, read a review about it somewhere. I don't remember where. Probably just like Nintendo Life or something. But Slipstream is basically Outrun. It's basically a new version of Outrun, and they do a really good job 
trying to like recreate the graphics of Outrun, but in an HD way. And it looks really good. Like I'm actually really impressed with how they did it. And it has like a really cool, like a drifting mechanic in there, you know, where you can kind of like, where you can turn and there's like, and it does like, it does like Outrun where it kind of creates the idea of 3D-ness with having a bunch of flat things on the side that go past you, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like Space Harrier does as well. But it's, it's a super homage to, to Outrun, you know, and they even, the, even the main mode is, is kind of modeled after the way Outrun is, you know, where Outrun is basically, you try to get from point A to point B, but every, but like every so many miles there's, you can either go left or right and your path will change depending on which way you go. And the game has multiple endings, you know, depending on which paths you take. So you can play through it over and over and over again and see all of the endings because you have to end in a different area depending on how your ending is. That's kind of how this one is too, where like you'll you'll be in a section and you'll play against somebody. You'll race against one person and they'll kind of talk to you and they'll be ahead floating above their car and you'll see like the the dialogue and all that. And you beat them and then you get to the next part where there's where they'll tell you like you need to go, you want to go right or left. And then which way you choose, you fight another person and you go to the next thing and there's left and right. And it's the same as OutRun. You basically have to keep the time going. So you can lose but still go to the next thing but if you lose, you won't gain the extra points that you would get from beating the person and all that. So it's kind of like its own checkpoint, and you want to get all the way down to the end. And I never made it all the way to the end, but I did make it through like four characters maybe. But there's there's also a lot of Sonic he- Sonic the Hedgehog references in there. Like the um like the levels are called like uh like Green Hills or like they have like um uh, what was it Emerald Zone? Like they they have stuff that's named after actual Sonic levels. The racetracks are, and they also when you when you pick a level like as you can race like level by level it does that thing like sonic does where it has like the zigzag the zigzag on the side and the zigzag on the bottom you know like that that comes together it does that same thing like at the beginning of every sonic level so they're obviously playing on all of the sega references and i think i ended up using cold points for it so i only paid a couple bucks for it but it it was a great game like i was playing it while i was editing last week's podcast and it was it was fun and uh, it does have a good soundtrack on side of that so i I did kind of miss out on that while editing but but no, it's cool. And there's all there's a mode where you can just do like a Grand Prix where you just uh, race a certain amount of races, you know, and you can and you can do it to where you earn money to upgrade your car and all that. So I always, always like that sort of, uh, you know, RPG light aspect in there. So after every race, you'll get enough money to up- upgrade your engine and your turning and all that. And you can make your car super psyched out and destroy everybody at the end. Although that game was really cool as far as like a Sega, you know, type games. And there's another one coming out this week as well, the the retro game, which we actually, which John mentioned last week, John Wedgworth did, that he got it on, on Steam Deck instead of Switch. Well, probably because it's been out for like two years on Steam already and it's less on there. But it's like, it's one that looks like Virtua Racing, which I'll probably end up getting as well. But it's just cool that there's, you know, indie people are leaning into the Sega stuff, especially something like OutRun, which is like one of my favorite racing games ever, so... Yeah, and the one you just mentioned is called Formula Retro Racing. Yeah, that one. That's the yeah, that's the one that's based on the virtual racing. That looks like the uh, the old like po- polygonal like stunt race FX type yeah. looking thing, except it virtual racing is much better than stunt race FX. Mm-hmm. The Sega Ages uh, virtual racing on the Switch is pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that other game looks like looks like that one, except hopefully it has more tracks because virtual racing only has like four tracks. So as as great mm-hmm. as it plays and it looks, there's only so much you can do with it. You know, because there's not a whole lot of stuff to play. And there's online mode, but I don't think I ever found anybody online on there to play. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and before I forget, uh, I mentioned, didn't mention it last week, but the new the new monthly skin for Mario Golf is uh, Yoshi Easter Colors. So Pink Yoshi lives in Mario in Mario Golf Super Rush. So got to get on that before the end of April, Jeremy. Get that Pink Yoshi skin so you can play as the Pink Yoster. I'm thinking about getting Pink Yoshi on my skin. 
like making yourself pink completely? No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about a pink Yoshi tattoo. It's been popping around my head for a while. That'd be cool. It's been a while since I've actually kept an idea in mind this long. So some clown wizard stuff in there too. Yeah, I want to. I definitely want to get a get the band, the whole band. I think some sort of reference. Would you integrate it with your sleeve? No. Mm -mm. I want to do it on this other arm that doesn't have anything on it yet. But yeah, Pink Yoshi, Mario Golf. Uh, drop in there for an hour. You can unlock it. It's real easy. <laughs> just just gotta get your A rank. Get it get it on there before the end of April. But the uh, the main game I've been playing all for this week, of course, is uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I'm still playing it. I'm almost all the way through it. I made it through the seventh episode last night. I was hoping to get through all nine of them before I started, but I didn't. I made it one through seven. I'm like halfway into eight right now. I wanted to do a stream of it last night because I thought it'd be funny to see if I could just get some angry Star Wars people on my stream to just tell me how they feel. So I posted on Twitter that I was going to play through the worst trilogy of all the Star Wars, which I believe that's true. But because I, I was going to play through the sequel trilogy, it's definitely my least favorite. And, uh, you know, I, I was hoping maybe I could do it like uh, like when I played Travis Strikes Again, which I didn't like that game. But it was kind of fun because there were people who were there watching me suffer and suffering with me through the game. So... You know, they would comment on how bad it was and all that. And I thought maybe somebody would come in and tell me about how dumb I was for liking The Last Jedi or something like that. And it could be funny. But my but my internet ended up like totally fucking me up last night and I just could not stream. Like I, I was streaming for like seven minutes and then it would get disconnected and then I'd do it again. I'd stream for like another five minutes and it'd get disconnected. I'm telling you, the bots are listening. It was annoying. No, I, I put it in my notes. They I'm love, like, they love, what's their face? Ray. Well, well Twitch, uh, I mean, I, I got nothing against Ray. I'm just saying that. My problem is with J.J. Abrams, the director. I you forgot about Ray. I think he's a hack. <laughs> but I, I, I did. I posted it on Twitter, and Twitch, Twitch actually re- retweeted me. I guess it said Twitch retweeted me, so maybe they saw it and they were like, "No, you can't make fun of J.J. Abrams." That's what I was thinking. I was like, "J.J. Abrams has powerful friends," so he he shut me down. <laughs> didn't didn't want to didn't want me to post uh, how much I disliked uh, Episode Seven and all that on there. But but yeah, I made it through that. I made it through you that. You should game. change your switch. Your uh, you should change your. <laughs> Named to Trey Trey Abrams. <laughs> no. <laughs> want me to become something I hate? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live in the world of... That guy sucks. He, he ruins Star Wars and Star Trek. What a dick. He's after Star Search next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly he's on a Batman thing, which I'm like, no, just don't let him make anything else. Please. Put him in a corner somewhere. Put him back on TV. Let him make some other TV show that nobody will watch. But uh, no, it's 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 been a, it's been a lot of fun, and I realized while I was playing it, it's much easier than Kirby because uh, <laughs> Lego Star Wars, you never die, or you, well, you die, but you never. It's possible to get a game over, but I don't care because it's really fun to play through. Like I just love the open worlds of it, and I had the most fun with episodes one through six because I know those worlds a lot better. And once I got to the worlds of episode seven, I'm like, I'm like, Qtar, like what the fuck is that? place i'm like i don't even know what that is it's just like all the they have these really stupid names for everywhere like once you get to the J, to the abrams world or whatever their worlds are so non and the only one i remember is jacku just because it looks exactly like tatooine like, like it's the only way the only reason i remember it is because it's the exact same fucking planet except it has like discarded uh it has discarded props from previous movies that are st- that are stuck on the planet that's what i said in the t- in the stream when it was actually playing i was like yeah this this is the land of old star wars props I mean, Ray even puts one on her head and looks at the camera at one point. I'm like, really? This is the movie that people pay for? Okay. But yeah, uh, aside from that, from that, uh, from episode seven, it's been pretty fun. And even, and even though those, you know, even though I found, even though I didn't like that movie, there's, it's still, it's a Lego game, so it's still fun to play through. I've heard a lot of, because I've listened to a few podcasts that talk about it, 
in passing or whatever and like is the open world or whatever you want to call it element like is that as fun as people kind of like do you feel like you're having fun just goofing off or do you always sort of feel like it keeps you on collect as many pieces as possible or whatever I mean, it's still it's still a Lego game, so it's still like based around collecting the gold bricks, or as they're called in this, uh, Kyber uh, with like um, Kyber bricks or whatever they're you know like based after the Kyber crystals from this from the uh, lightsabers and stuff like that. So you, you you're still looking for the for the Kyber things, and uh, you know that that's always been a part of it. But that's but that was the fun part. Like that's what I liked doing, like on the in the Marvel game and the Batman one that I like so much, which is flying around the city and and looking for these gold bricks and stuff. But it's but it's cool to be like. You know, like, it's cool to, like, be in a level that you know so much about. Like, you can go to, like, Cloud City and run around. And, and you can fuck around. You can shoot whoever you want. Like, you can, you know, I, I killed all sorts of people in that game. You can just run up and shoot somebody, and it's fine, you know? And, uh, and you, yeah, you can run around Cloud City and, like, go looking for, for uh, Kyber bricks and all that. And there's, a, and there's a bunch of cool, like, extra stuff. Like, the idea of this, like, like most other LEGO games, is you play through the whole game regularly. And then you go back in the free play, and then you can play whoever whoever you want. You know, you can play the whole thing as Darth Vader or Darth Sidious or whatever. And and I just need to get through all of the episodes, and I've just been playing episode by episode. But I still kind of fuck around for a while. You know, like sometimes I won't just go right into the next level. I'll just fuck around in the in the on whatever planet I'm on and try to find like as many crystals as I, as I can. And one thing I notice is like every planet that you go to in the in the outside space orbit, there's a there's a comet that's that's a it's basically going around the planet that contains uh, five kyber crystals. So if you go, so if you go out there, you can you can like you know build up your kyber stuff pretty early, and you use these to actually um, you use it to upgrade your characters, which is cool. So you can and every and all the characters have classes now. So there's like there's like heroes and Jedi and like dark side and villains and like uh, astromech and and the different droids and all that and. And there's like the bounty hunters and the and the scavengers, whatever. And you can basically go, you can build up stuff that affects everybody. You can build up stuff that just affects certain characters, and that's really cool. I mean, it's you know, it's grinding basically. It's getting these kyber crystals to grind your characters, and I've been having a lot of fun just finding that. And like, you can upgrade your speed. Like, you can make it to where like every time you open a door with R two D two, you get more, you get more like Lego studs and stuff like that for if you want to like build up your money and all that. And and you can make it like when you're bounty hunter, like every time you kill a bounty. You get extra money for it, or like, uh, like for you can upgrade like lightsaber dam- damage, or like blaster damage, or like when you steal stormtrooper's armor, you can make that you can make that more strong. And there's there's a bunch of different stuff you can do in it. So I've been having a lot of fun with it. And you can like uh, you can add to your life bar. Like I have three life bars now, which you know, and it also like it'll heal back quicker. So you can just do you can do stuff to to upgrade your character. How do the games affect each other? Like because you got because you can play any of them at any time, right? Like you go into whatever episode. You can only play the first episode of each trilogy. Okay. When you start, so you can play episode one, four, or seven to start okay. with. But what? But once I finish four, could I go back and play one, and then I go play? Yeah, seven, yeah, you can, yeah, you can play whatever play you want. Five. Okay. Yeah, you can go in whatever order you want to. You Does just have progress to... carry over in any way, in, in the sense of like, are you bringing your gold stuff from one yeah to yeah another. yeah all, all your stuff is all your stuff remains the same through all of them it's not and like it just kind of concurrently stays the same it's not like only previous games will carry over to whatever I mean, you're at currently it's ba- i mean it's like having one save file for all of them like mm-hmm. everything stays the same like all the upgrades that you did for whatever episode continues can, continues into whatever other episode you go to it's so like chronologically if you played episode seven first finish that and then you go back to episode one it's like well I haven't done any of that stuff yet. 
Sure. It still carries over. You still have whatever you've gained so far. Yeah. I mean, you could basically play through episode seven and take all the kyber crystals that you got and put them all into like Jedi powers, which you don't really have any in episode seven. And then go back to and go to episode one, and your Jedi's will be will be powerful, even though you haven't can you played be as Jar Jar in episode four. Jar Jar's only in episode one, two, and three. But I, can I take him to four eventually? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you unlock him as a character, sure, you can take him wherever nice. you want. You can play through the whole game as Jar Jar if you really want to. He's. I just there. want to get him into that goddamn track track trash compactor. <laughs> <laughs> you you do you do get to fight the tra- trash compactor monster, and I did ha- I did have a fun time with that with shooting the eyeball, nice. the little eyeball that comes out of the trash. That like mm-hmm. yeah. that was that was. Th- there's some really cool bosses in there. I, I compared it to Super Star Wars last week, and uh, I mean you know Super the Super Star Wars games on Super Nintendo are some of my favorites. But those, but those games. What's so great about those games versus the Lego games is the Super Star Wars games. They take everything and make it into a level. And this game doesn't do that as much. There's like some parts that are skipped that are kind of like, but that could have been a level. Like, why couldn't I do that? Like when you get to Return of the Jedi, you fight, you fight Darth Vader, you fight the Emperor. You know, you throw him down the shaft or whatever. And then uh, Lando blows up the, the Death Star. You don't get to do it. You don't get to go and blow up the Death Star. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I got to do that in Super Return of the Jedi. Like why why don't I get to fly the Millennium Falcon and blow up the second Death Star? You know, it's like it's like why was that cut? Lando? Like why did they cut that out there? You can be Lando, yeah, but you can't, but you can't do that part. You can't do the part where Lando blows up the Death Star in the in Return of the Jedi. So it's like, can you betray Han Solo as Lando? Didn't he betray him, and that's why he got arrested, and then that's why he was frozen in Return of the Jedi or in the Carbonite? Well, Lando Lando basically made a deal with the Empire to keep them out of Cloud City. In order, and he basically the deal was that he was going to turn Han Solo over to him when he came to see him, and that's what happened. That's how he betrayed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just asking if you could do that in real time, like sell him off Judas style. <laughs> I mean, they, they do kind of change some of the they they change some of the stories to make it a little more kid friendly. Like you don't get to kill the younglings as Anakin. I was kind of disappointed by that. You don't Aww. get to do that in episode three. So that's that's they skip over that part. They go they go past the youngling killing part. Like they don't they don't. They could have made like um, Jedi's come from these special little plants or something, and then you cut all the plants down. Or <laughs> that was a that's a robot chicken joke. Is that you going for on that? Where where he thinks that all the all the kids are are flowers and, and Naboo, and he's just trimming mm. flowers. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's funny though. Like they they really they really go places with a lot of the characters, and I've laughed out loud at a lot of it. They and they do like running jokes, like you know, in episode four, there's the there's the stormtroopers that are like, you know, that you say like these aren't the droids you're looking for. You know that you do that mm-hmm. as Obi Wan, and you can do that. You can do like force manipulation where you can uh, possess a character and make them go and do stuff for you, and make them go kill other characters, whatever. You can do that stuff, which is cool. And like when you get to the Death Star later in episode four, you run into those guys that are still talking about. They're like, man, I think those were the droids. Like. Like why? Like why did we say that? And they keep talking about the droids and all that. So so it's funny like that. They keep they keep the jokes running. I got a kick out of it. And in like episode three, you know, like the one where Anakin goes bad and all that. You know, since him and him and Padme had just gotten married, she just keeps trying to feed him this wedding cake. Like she has this big giant wedding cake made out of Legos. That's just every every time you see her, she has the wedding cake. And when she goes to see him on Mustafar, she like puts it into the ship and like brings it there. And when he like tries to kill her, like she has the, has the wedding cake with her. I I thought it was funny that they just kept going with that with the wedding cake. And he like takes a look at his like character on top of the wedding and almost like comes back to the the good side, but he just ends up throwing it at her and that's what he does instead of choking her. But it's 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 stuff like that. They pretty much like change the change the story around it. Make it a little lighter. My middle name earlier, uh Sand is for losers. That was that was a great like uh sight gag 
that I that I saw in the game. When you, when you come back to the when you come back to the the uh, Jedi Temple in Episode Three, like after Anakin's turned and he killed all the younglings and all that, that even though they don't show that, it basically has graffitied on the wall in crayon. It says "Dark Side Rules" and "Sand is for Losers." Is what it says on the door when you walk in, and I and I was like, "That's hilarious!" And it's only there for a second, and I love those like little little tiny things in there where they just like throw a little bit. It's like you know Simpson style, like where they, there's a little thing in the background that's funny. And there, apparently, there's a lot of references to memes and stuff like that that I haven't even seen yet. But I I thought it was funny. Like it even I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but it even got to the point where there's like a voice actor in there from Xenoblade Chronicles that like says a Xenoblade Chronicles line when you run into him and stuff like that. Like it's very they went very meta with it. Some deep cuts. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, and that's been what I've been playing for the most part. And it's already I mean it's definitely in my top ten for the year. Like I wow, this game's great. It's it's a lot of fun. I wish that, like I said, there is some stuff they skip over, but they, I mean, they got to cover nine episodes. I understand. Like right when I got to episode seven, I thought it was going to be the same as the episode seven game that I have on Wii U because I bought the Lego episode seven game on there because it was on sale. But some of the levels in there, it just completely skips over. Like the whole part where like Finn goes to, goes back to the ship or whatever with Poe Dameron, like they skipped all that shit. You just go back there for a second and then you're done. Like that's like three levels in the Wii U one. So they skip around on it, but I'm really interested to see how they try to put together episode nine because that's like definitely the worst one out of all of them. Like, how are you going to put that into a co- cohesive story that makes sense somehow? Like, am I going to be running around trying to find a force dyad wherever I, wherever I am? Like, it, it's just like all the the plot points of that movie were so dumb that it's it's going to be it's going to be. I want to see how they handle it, you know. So we'll see. I mean, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play it all the way through. So I'll I, even through episode nine. We'll see what what sort of dumbass planets we go to in that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be real interesting when it's because some of the stuff just is like, why? Why are we even doing this? But yeah, that's a uh, that's been my that's been like my big my gig big game of the week, and yeah, I like it a lot. It's I've just I've just been playing I've just been playing that more than anything else. But uh, something something else that happened that I could mention I guess on here is uh, I got a job for the week of Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee. So wow. I might still be well, going to Midwest Gaming Classic. Maybe not in the full capacity, but able to swing by a day or two. Well, we'll see. I mean, well, it's only three days. You know, if I go, I'll only go one day. But I, I was, th- I thought about maybe trying to pop in for one day. You know, and maybe not record anything, mm-hmm. just go in there and just be a regular person and just look at stuff. But I was like, well, I'm like, well, I'm going to be in Milwaukee now because I'm on another thing that's like where I'll be staying there and all that, and for that time. And I'm like, well, shit. But I don't know my schedule yet. But I was like, maybe I can pop in. I was like, maybe I can pop in for that, uh, for the VIG party or something like that. Cause you can just <laughs> buy a ticket for that and nothing else. Like if, if I'm out, it'd late, be funny you know? if you like had your drink ticket from the old one and went up to that same guy, like that told us there were no drink, drink tickets. Oh yeah. Like, I got my drink ticket. Yeah. I'd like to do that. That guy was burnt out. I don't, I don't, I wasn't really mad at him, but it's still just hilarious where he was like, there's no drink tickets. And then, like five minutes later, they start handing out drink tickets to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy was on something. I don't know. I think he was just stressed out. It was not managed well, I don't think. I think they were understaffed is rather what I mean to say. Sure, yeah. It was managed fine, probably. Yes, yeah, people seemed... I mean, I'm sure they were... I don't know. They just didn't want to be there for whatever reason. But, I mean, mostly I wanted... If there was some sort of a Retronauts meetup or something like that... Because the main thing is... Um, I, I put it on the Slack, but, you know, Nadia from uh, Acts of the Blood God is going to be there. And oh, if, cool. And if I can find some way to talk to her in some way, that would be awesome. Because she's great. Uh that was, I know Parrish is going to be there. Is Bob going to be there? I didn't see him on the list. I don't think Bob is because he's still trying like to he, move to Canada. <laughs> he's probably still a little scared to go to Milwaukee and get stuck there. 
I think he's well. From what I've heard through his podcast, he's being super careful because he's trying to move to Canada, and you know they're very strict about their rules. And even though that, even though he's been married for like a year, he still can't move there yet because it, it takes a long time. But I, but I did want to. I saw Nadi was on the list, and I'm like, fuck, damn it. As I was like, because she she lives in Canada. Like I don't want to be like this. Is the only one she comes to, and then she doesn't come back anymore. I imagine she'd be a hoot at a lot a live panel. Yeah, no, it'd be. I wanted to see if, like, maybe I could at least go to like a Retronauts meetup, or maybe I don't think I'll be able to go to any panels because I'll be working like every day that I'm there. But maybe if I get off earlier, I could try to go to like an after party or something. And I don't know. I mean, the tickets are like forever tickets, so if I bought some and I couldn't go, it wouldn't matter. I could just hold it till next year. That's that's how they started doing it during the pandemic because they realized that you know people might not want to buy them if they're only going to be for one thing and that's going to get canceled. So you know, so I did think about that. Like if I, but then, but then I'm like. Well, if I buy it, if I bought it and then I don't go, and then next year I want to get a VIG pass, and I have like these two days that aren't VIG, like what do I do with those? I guess I could wait. I guess they count forever. I could wait till like five years from now or whatever and use them. Maybe they'll give you two drink tickets. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that's cool. So, uh, so that made me excited that maybe I'll be able to pop in there and see and see some MGC stuff. You can be the ambassador, like the very first one you went to. Yeah. The only the only problem was. Uh, I might not be able to make that show that Jess and I were going to go with, go, go to. I was going to ask you about that on that Sunday, but Sunday is our last day is our last shooting day. So I don't know how late we'll go. So it might not be, so I might still be able to get back. Hopefully. So is it early evening or late evening? Do you remember? It's late. It's eight 30 starts at eight 30. So, and it's at a pretty small venue. It's at Talia hall. I mean, they're not that small. That's not a small venue. We were there. We were there for, uh, yeah. KKB. KKB. Who's KKB is coming to the switch, jumping ahead, but. Bug snacks coming to Switch. True that. That's pretty awesome. We'll be listening to KKB on our Switch, not through YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that gives me kind of a maybe a reason to check it out. I don't know. I still don't know anything about the game, and I haven't really heard uh, too much. Uh, too. I mean, I, I guess people, you know, kind of liked it, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this game is so great. I think it was just really bizarre and charming, and kind of stood out in the sort of like. As an exclusive, especially, it stood out in the in the glut of re-releases of the next generation. So From the guys think, who did the uh, Octo Dead, so I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of that weird, um, yeah, whatever you would call that. I mean, is it sort of like the same, like I don't know, uh, rag, I don't think rag, so. rag doll I don't can't so. control yourself? Like I don't think it's like that, but it's like the art style. I don't right? think so, but yeah, it's got a wacky style to it for sure, and like all the bugs are made out of food, and they're like hamburgers and stuff. So yeah, that's part of it. Supposedly, it's like got a really lighthearted demeanor, but the underlying plot or whatever is really dark. But what can you expect from nowadays? Everything's got to be dark in some way. It's got to be dark in its own way, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that's but that's what that's what I got for the week. Why don't we Why don't we take a break here and uh, we'll come back and talk about other stuff and news? Hell yeah.
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! Whoa! 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 He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Ah! Ah! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! the rings doing this week well folks i have to say this is gonna be the last time i talk about elden ring Uh-oh. nope just kidding oh. <laughs> sorry i just wanted to like give trace some false hope for a second there <laughs> uh, i don't care you can talk about elden ring as long as you want honestly we have one of our one of our listeners in front of the show hutch like he kind of like gave me some updates on his progress and stuff so i was gonna do that after i talk a little bit about what i've done he like messaged you directly i felt i felt so betrayed no, it's fine. I, I was just curious as to what he what he thought about it. I haven't yeah. responded to his uh, message yet, so I figured I'd just respond on the show. Also, when I saw his message, I kind of was like, "Oh shit!" It just had some names on it, but I still was like, "Oh no, was it spoilery?" Like, which I've changed my my view on that has changed a lot just in the past couple of days. So. Oh, you didn't you didn't recognize the the voice the names that were on there? I just was thinking like I don't know. Like I said, I just had a panic moment where I was like, "Oh no!" Hopefully, no spoilers. But there were no spoilers. I just. Like I said, I glanced at it and then I came back to it today and was actually able to formulate a good kind of idea of where we are in comparison to each other. As of you know, nearly a week ago, when he sent me this message, and he's probably beaten it three times by now. But uh, the big thing I did this week was I killed the sorceress of the full moon, who is the second big boss, and uh, well, her her actual name is Renala, queen of the full moon. But man, she's creepy. Like she's a very for the most part, very like humanoid looking creature doesn't really like have much of a scary element to her other than her demeanor, which is she's holding this like amber egg and it's like glowing and she's talking to it like it's a child and like a baby. And she's like kind of like having a conversation with it and singing to it, like it, like singing like a lullaby to it. And then surrounding her 
because she's the she's the headmaster of the the wizard academy which is called raya lucaria which i actually got to and beat and it's like they call it a legacy dungeon it's basically just yeah it's a dungeon and uh it was a lot of fun i got all the way through that this week that was my big thing but uh yeah, she's the boss at the very end, and she is practicing. I don't know if they call it necromancy. They actually call it reincarnation. Because I talked to the turtle pope, by the way. The turtle pope filled me in on a bunch of the uh, kind of the. He's basically just like tells you all the gossip about all the the uh, <laughs> all the demigods. Like he's got all the dirt on them. What he talked about was like she's using reincarnation magic, which is frowned upon and pretty much sinful. And she's done that to re- reincarnate all these. Uh, students and they're like just dragging themselves along the ground they've got like graduation robes on and like the the square hats they've got wands and they're like kind of trying to hit you but they're super weak and they're literally like they don't have i don't know if they don't have legs or their legs don't work kind of gives you the implication like her magic isn't very good and so she's surrounded by them and she's calling them her babies and it's really creepy and uh so the way you fight her is you basically have to just start slaughtering all the younglings <laughs> <laughs> because they are at least you can do it in, in that a game. way like <laughs> yeah they're doing um they're like keeping her shield active so you kill them until her shield goes down and then you can attack her you do that a few times then there's a second phase where you fight her like one-on-one in this big open arena which is freaking beautiful it looked like it reminded me of bayonetta a lot oh they're just a or even kind of like um Ganon at the end of uh, Wind Waker, where it's just a big, long, like reflective sheet of water. It's like that. You're like just in water, but behind is just like this huge, like vista of the night sky with a huge, like full moon up. That's what reminded me of Bayonetta, especially. And she also kind of looks like Bayonetta a little bit. She's like super tall. She's and got glasses. Really acrobatic. <laughs> she doesn't have glasses, but uh, she's got a weird Smurf hat. That's kind of weird. But um, I, anyway, I beat her. It actually wasn't that hard. And I'd been warned that her battle could be kind of hard, but here we go. I'm, I'm overleveled. In fact, I'm at level 92 as of Damn. tonight. What's a yeah? What's the limit? Do you know? Like like how far I, you can I, go? It just keeps going. I've seen people post screenshots where their their levels of the hundred. Like I haven't seen anything over 200. I don't think, but I've seen like 150 and stuff. So I think you could just keep going. I don't know if there's necessarily a cap. What was it? Uh, it, it was that one. Uh, what was that one game? Like you had it but didn't play it. Disgaea? Is that what it is? Was this was it um six was saying that like Disgaea you can you can like get up to level a hundred and then you can like switch to a different class and you can like start again and you can just like level forever <laughs> and it like never never ends. Like maybe it's like I'm getting that. that impression here to a certain extent. I mean really what you're doing every time you level up is you're changing one single stat point. And given how far into the game I am and how far into the levels I am. Man, it takes a while to get that single stat point. So I was actually really happy that I was able to respec, which going back to what I said at the top of the show, I finally got some respec from this game. You after you beat the uh after you beat Renala, she doesn't die. She's just still hanging out in the library. Or it's actually the debate parlor of the uh of the academy. And she uses her golden egg or whatever to rebirth you, aka let you respec and let me tell you i'm a lot stronger now because i was like well oh, i put all these things into these uh stats i didn't understand early on because i didn't know what my i was going to do and now that my pretty much locked into my, my play style which is like a, a a battle wizard i think is what kyle told me it would be called in like other games 
I'm a, I'm a really strong wizard. Like I, I've got a lot of strength. I can still hit really hard, but I have really good spells. In fact, I've upgraded all my spells. They're all super strong. Like I'm at the next level of all those, I discovered all those and uh, just taken down a lot of enemies really well. And I just started killing everything this week and it was great. Um, and I just felt especially empowered after finishing uh, acad- the, the Academy because that's just been hanging out you know, for hours and hours of gameplay, just sitting on the horizon. I'm like, I don't even know how to get in there. Well, I figured it out. I had to read, I had to check on the internet, but I actually could have figured it out from a note that I found in the game, but who's going to remember that shit. So I went and I uh, snuck behind this giant dragon while it was sleeping, stole this key and then get in there. So that's how that worked out. Uh, Right before you fight her though, you have to fight like this mini boss who is the, uh, I can't remember what his name was. You fight actually two mini bosses, but the first one's called the Red Wolf of Radagon. It's just, it's basically yeah, a, a wolf with a sword in its mouth, somewhat omatarasui, but it wants to kill you, and it's giving you bleed damage. But yeah, uh, the the boss, the mini boss right before Renala was standing in front of the elevator. You have to go up to you know go fight her, and he kept just killing me. And I'm like, man, he's hard. Like he was really hard. He's super fast. Finally, I was just like, I wonder if I can run to the other side and just go up the elevator, and then you know I'll fight him later. But if I can get past him without beating him and just like, if there's a side of grace up there, I could just go back to it at my own pace. So I went, got, I actually got to the other side of him, got in the elevator, went up. And just as I get to the top of the elevator, I hear the, the familiar sound of when you defeat an enemy or when you die, it's like the sound of like, kind of like coins, like landing in something. It's a very like satisfying sound. And um, yeah, that guy apparently killed himself. He apparently ran down the elevator shaft trying to chase me down and i just got all of his runes for free it was great and he's gone forever like he doesn't re, re uh respawn so oh weird that was pretty fun i just discovered a little like double dragon type cheat uh-huh. on accident but anyway yeah at this point i'm ready to to move towards the end game and i don't know what pace i'm going to take with that but once you have the two um well they're the uh, rune carrier great rune carriers once you've defeated two of those you can like finish but there there's still a couple i could fight if i just wanted to like be a completionist but other than that i i'm to the capital i got the two halves of the uh, uh the dectus disc and it's basically like a, a a resident evil puzzle you have to have the two halves of the big circle and then you form the you form the the uh, circle that allows you to take this elevator up to a whole new area where the capital and that's also where the next big boss is is in the capital so that's where i am right now and i'm still having a blast i i'm still going to give a little bit more time to decide how i feel in relation to other games if i was going to rank this game it's going to be hard at the end of the year when i'm making my switch list and having to admit this game i think i mean you could always just like i don't know like shadow number one it and just say like oh my number one game was elden ring but nintendo games are this you know i mean we kind of did that the first year you know, we did that for the first year with the Switch with yeah. Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, where we kind of just cut it out of the list because that was going to be everybody's mm-hmm. number one. So we wanted to make it more interesting by cutting it out of the list. And then we did that again with Smash Brothers, but well, I did it with Smash Brothers because I thought it would be number one, which I don't know why. But then it wasn't number one for either of you, so it didn't even matter. But uh, yeah, we we did that we did that that first year. But you can always say like, hey, this is my favorite game. But Nintendo wise, there's these ones, you know, and then you don't have to worry about it. One thing worth saying. I think this is the first time a game's ever caused this for me in my real life. I patronized a podcast just because they have specifically an Elden Ring show. 
Oh, really? It's a, I didn't even realize it, but it's Watch Out for Fireballs. So, yeah, oh, I'm I've a patron heard. of Watch Out for Fireballs now. I've never heard their show. I don't know. They have a they have a show. Well, no, they've been at yeah, no, MGC we, we, before. We, we met them, yeah, because they, they did the same thing with uh, Retronauts, which I remember one uh, of them. What's name? Um, one of them kind of gave me a remark Chris about Butterfield it. is one of them. I remember I, I was like, because we went to that arcade bar, and I was like, I'm here for the Retronauts thing. And he's like, oh, well, it's actually for Watch Out for Fireballs also. And I'm like... Okay, cool. Uh, where's Jeremy Parrish at? <laughs> like it was, I felt like he was kind of like he was mad at me that I didn't say that. But I'm like, I've ne- I didn't. I'm like, I never heard anybody say that. I just listened to the Retronauts say that that was that. You know, I will say their podcast is very, especially about Unreal. It's very much like feels like listening to like an NPR kind of podcast. They're like really soft voiced. They make a lot of affirmative kind of sounds, like you know what people do when they're kind of like trying to convey auditorily that they're listening to each other mm-hmm. and i don't know exactly. <laughs> like there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that but you know whatever i think that's just their Every, format maybe they have a background of professional radio or something but um i, I try to cut out myself doing that because I, I you know i i do it sometimes but i but i hate well, it sometimes like you don't need, it's good you don't need to, to like, you don't need to really say like yeah or whatever like it I cut it yeah. out a lot of the of of this podcast actually. Of me just of you saying something, me saying yeah. I'm like nobody needs to know that I said yeah. There, it's not important. Just cut, actually, just cut I find me a out. place where you say no, and I just make you disagree with everything I say, and then I'm like, yeah, he's a jerk. <laughs> but I'm not trying to talk shit about it. Like I, I'm their patron, you know. Come on, maybe I feel a little uh, justified in that. But no, they're they're uh, their podcast called Bonfire Side Chat. So I'll plug it and. It's rooted in just Souls-like games. I think they've done this series for a while, and uh, they decided to put it behind the paywall, I think, finally, because they know they'll get the listenership with Elden Ring, which they're right. But they do a really good uh, holistic job of like presenting it as it comes and like really digging into the lore. And I, it's honestly, it's enriched my gameplay of this game, listening to that. So shout out to them. Um, I'm your patron. You, you, you won me over. Um, <laughs> there you go. So yeah. That's the big thing I did, but I did want to say uh, the reason I mentioned Godskin Duo or not Godskin Duo, uh, Godspin Godskin Peeler is it's a weapon I got which I can't really use. I don't think my character class can use it, but that's literally it's called the Godspin Godskin Peeler, and that's just one of the most metal names for a weapon I've ever heard in my life. It's it's got to be like one of the most powerful weapons, right? That's what it kind of sounds like, like the ultimate nullifier or whatever. Like uh, I did see. I think it's one of the, I can't remember what the term is, but when you like start to see something you just learned about all over the place, I don't know. It's it. There's a phrase for that, but uh, I heard both on bonfire side chat. They mentioned the Godspeel Gonskid peeler. And I thought they were just joking. I thought they were just making it up like as just, and then a couple of days later, I saw Nadia comment on Twitter about like her build saying that that was her weapon she was using. I'm like, Oh, that's actually a real thing. And then like, yeah, then I got it today and I'm like, okay, that's a real thing. There's really a weapon called, Godskin peeler and it sounds like the most badass thing that to make mashed potatoes with that that ever existed <laughs> the Godskin peeler yeah there's a i mean i'm sure elden rings made a lot of money off of this game but there's another product you could do uh make a mashed potato uh make, make a vegetable peeler called the Godskin peeler and that's yeah. elden ring themed and, and it's we can handle the most godlike vegetable skins well i mean yeah i could see that i mean you know people were making like cooking books based on recipes from breath of the wild and stuff like that so that's true maybe there will be an actual godskin peeler made by a yeah by a maybe fan. you could make like a real godskin godskin peeler and do a youtube i don't know whatever who knows but anyway i wanted to make sure i addressed why i said that because i fought 
you know, they're like the a member of the Church of the God Skin or something like that. There's this whole like. I hope they have like a God Skin. Like I hope they have God Skin on the walls when you walk in there. Yeah, it's like those. It's like those. Um, uh, you know, those churches that have like uh, I, I don't know. I would very Lovecraftian. They have like scrolls or whatever on the wall, like something like that. But like God Skins. Like here's the skins of the gods that we found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put them over here. But yeah, I don't know. I, you know, what else can I say? This game's great. I'm still having a great time with it. It doesn't always run great on my computer, but when it is running well and I'm able to get into my element and just kind of like focus, it's great. Uh, I've got my old little loop of like, if I lose a bunch of runes, I force myself to go grind until I get them back. And so I don't ever feel like I've lost anything anymore. Like at this point in the game, like I can make up for anything I lose. I'm not dumb enough to let myself accumulate all this stuff and lose it like it just won't happen so that whole element of what scared me about souls like games is just completely gone and uh i'm just having a great time with it and trying to like learn a bit more about the lore as i go and yeah it's great and all the summons i've I've gotten a bunch of new summons and a bunch of new uh, spells and i'm just having a great time so yeah you'll hear more about it but i did want to read what hutch sent me because I just read it today, or you know, I read it a second time today, and I have a better idea now that I have a list of the the name of uh, the characters in front of me. But he said, uh, "Heard this week's pod, and I still think you're higher level than myself." Yes, I probably am higher level than you, Hutch, but that doesn't mean anything in this game. Just wanted to say, make sure you power up and equip Godric's rune, which I did. As for where I am, I completed the next two main bosses after him, which means, yeah, he's already a boss ahead of me as of a week ago. So he's already ahead of me. He says he only gets to play one day a week. So I don't even know how, how wow. he does this. But yeah, he said, uh, as for where I am, I completed the next two main bosses after him. The next allows you to respec, which like, yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't know that I was going to get to respec after her. That was a lovely little surprise afterwards. And then Rodan, which I think he's referring to. Uh, he says Rodan, but I think he's referring to uh, Scar Scourge. Radon, spelled a little differently. That's what I was talking about last week where he's giant. He's basically just a zombie eaten from the inside. You have to revive a bunch of extra people to to fight with you because he's so tough. And yeah, I still haven't beaten him, but apparently Hutch beat him a week ago. Uh, and let's see what else. That allows you to respect. After powering up his rune, I need to gain levels as she was a cakewalk compared to him. Yeah. I bet. I found a sword that doubles as a staff, but these bosses hit so hard I need better spirit ashes. They're easy to find once you just like open up the map. Getting to dive into this game only once a week has me hoping it does eventually come to Switch, even if it's a new model. By the way, I've been bitten by the Elden Ring bug so hard, I gave in and got Dark Souls remastered. I saw that. Loving it and never thinking I would. Don't want you to think you're alone in your Elden trick. Then basically just he offered to play multiplayer with me if we can figure out a way to make that work which I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean, it's cool to know that uh, there's someone out there I can talk to about Elder Ring. So thanks, Hutch. Thanks for reaching out. Um, well, you you're are- ahead of me still. You're still ahead of me. Uh, you were ahead of me when you messaged me, but also, I don't know. In terms of an open world game like this, maybe I have opened more of the map up. Maybe I've done more side quests and stuff. I don't know, but yeah, this game's great. So I don't know. I, I don't want to bore you guys talking too much about it. It's really all I've played and it's, my Switch has been sleeping. It's still in my this place I put it last week during the podcast. I have not touched my Switch this week, and uh, I feel bad about it, but I also am kind of excited to jump back in because I'll have some stuff to catch up on when I do. I'm just wondering. I'm, I, my question is, 
what will be the game that that brings you back to Switch? I mean, I hope that at least it'll be. I'll, I'm hoping that at least you'll play Sunbreak with me when that comes out. But that's, Dark Souls. But that's not till June. You know. What's Sunbreak? I already forgot. The Monster Hunter, the new the new Monster. Oh Hunter right, game. right, right. That will probably be part of it. I mean, as as far as like recent stuff, I or like stuff that's like kind of around the corner. Sunbreak is like a big one for me that I'm looking forward to. Even though I need to make sure that I'm at whatever level I need to be at to play it in the regular Monster Hunter, but I am looking really looking forward to it. I think that I'll be done with this game kind of soon, and maybe I won't have gotten like the best ending, or maybe I won't even have seen credits just yet. But I'm already kind of at a point where I've. Like I said, I've kind of changed my mind. I'm looking at stuff online. I'm kind of like trying to be a little more organized in how I'm going to approach the last parts of the game. And luck would have it, I already kind of was doing that. Like I already was in the right place that I needed to be next. So uh, I'm just going to kind of focus on seeing how many of these bosses I can get through this week, especially. And who knows? I might see credits this week. I doubt it, but there's a path of completion laid out in front of me as of now. Nice. Yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, I'm sure like uh, we'll find out at some point, but I'm curious how well uh, Dark Souls is in comparison to the Switch. I mean, I'm definitely like, going to go back to like not quite the first one, but I haven't decided if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to do Bloodborne. It's it's one or the other that I'm going to do. I already wrote off Sekiro. Like I'm not going to worry about that anytime soon. So yeah, it'll either be Dark Souls one or the remastered version, or I am going to do Bloodborne on the PS4 or maybe on PC a bit cheaper. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what... Uh, I mean, that game's been out for a long time. It, it can't be that expensive now. I mean, it's been out... Like, I feel it like was that, a launch title for the PS4. Yeah, it was like beginning of... It was, it was like... It, it was like the first like thing that wasn't a re-release of, PS, of a PS3 game, I think, on the PS4. It's seven or eight years old, I think. So, so it's, it's pretty old. It's been yeah. around for a while. It's gotta be... They gotta be selling it for 20 bucks or something. I don't know. Dark Souls 3 came out since that one, and then the remake of... Uh, demon souls on the it was a launch on the ps5 so more has happened other than elden ring since bloodborne came out i was gonna say uh you know a friend of the show guest from last week john wedgworth he got he just got his uh steam deck like today i saw pictures oh of yeah it he was on the internet so and he also he hand. bought well he bought elden ring for before he got the steam deck so he was going to be uh somebody who you can talk to about Elden Ring, even though he's just starting it. But he did buy it to to play on his Steam Deck. He said that that was the big game that he got. For I would it, be so. quite interested in how that's going to run yeah. on Steam Deck. Yeah, me too. But that's, a, yeah, he said that's his big purchase is a, is Elden Ring. So that would just make it even more Breath of the Wild adjacent, which... I think that's what he was trying to go for, actually, because Breath of the Wild is a big deal. Well, for the everybody. The big thing missing from... Switch, but, you know. I will say, like going back from time to time, thinking about comparing this to Breath of the Wild, which I've done a lot. Um, one thing I'll say that I really miss is the physics-based stuff. That's not in this. Like you don't get that. It's all magical, and it kind of exists as a representation of of the of the stats, you know. So, but but you can't like whereas Zelda actually like was like you could make like these chain reaction type things occur. That, that's not going to happen in this game. But you can't like really break the because I remember like one what was it one temple or whatever they were called the shrines in breath of the wild where i cre- where i like laid like 10 different swords next to each other to like conduct the thing of electricity from like one thing to another side of the room and i've never been able to do that in any other game you know like it was like i, I don't think you could do stuff like that like i just couldn't believe that you could and i didn't think that was the way that Their you would complete whatever the there. puzzle was but i was just like that's fucking amazing that i can just lay out whatever swords that i have on the ground and just make this 
conduct to this other thing to activate the switch to get me this thing. Like that, there's obviously the not way, to, not the right way to do it, but it's cool that you can do that. You know, it's just like the amount of options you had was really cool, where you could just do things in so many different ways. I like that. Though it's an open world, I would probably not call it a sandbox. It's not customizable at all, as far as the actual like appearance of the world. The only thing you have control over appearance wise is your character. So, oh, yeah. I don't know if you would call it a sandbox for that re- reason. Um, I mean, if, 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 but you can cheese things like I, like I just talked about earlier, that boss that just died, you know, like I also had another boss. I beat the guy. I got the, uh, the Godskin peeler from, I got on top of, I was able to climb on top of a rock and just keep hitting him on top of his head with a spell and he couldn't reach me. It's like super cheap, but, whatever it worked i mean that's i think that's the only time i beat a boss from on demon souls was like just throwing airs like shooting arrows mm-hmm. at him very slowly like far enough away that he couldn't reach me and just doing that until they died but i mean it's yeah i mean i think that's a lot of what a lot of people have been saying about elden ring is that it's definitely the easiest of all of these games because of the cheese stuff but they all you know they all kind of have that it also has that breath of the wild thing where if something's frustrating you you can go do something else. Like there's always somewhere else to go, something else to do. And, yeah. That's also different. Apparently. And well. you're always kind of like giving like yourself that dopamine hit of unlocking new sites of grace that are just like the, the towers and breath of the wild. And, you know, like unlocking more of the map is very satisfying and it just keeps zooming out. I mean, that's, I feel like that's been said a lot by anybody that's played this game, but yeah, the map keeps zooming out and I just keep being like, damn it. It's so big. It keeps going and going and going. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, l- let's let's cut to the news. News and news, news, news. Don't snooze or you miss the news. And here's some games that maybe will turn you back to your Switch that are coming out this week. Maybe not, but there's there are some really good games coming out this week on the Switch that I wanted to highlight. Um, number one, there's a little game called uh, Gotta Protectors, Card of Darkness, which, speaking of Patreon stuff, 8-4-Play, uh, the podcast I've been listening to for, I don't know, the past, like, Definitely like five or six years. I was listening to them before this podcast ever existed, so it's been it's, it's been at least as long as the as the Nintendo main time. And this podcast is heavily influenced by Eight Four because they you know kind of the structure is the same. Anyway, they made a game called uh, Gotta Protectors, and they've been joking about having a Patreon forever. I don't know if it's an actual joke or not. They never actually got a Patreon, but now I can give them money in a way and buy this Gotta Protectors game. That's on Switch, which is only fourteen ninety nine. I'm not really sure what the game is. <laughs> it just looks like ridiculous. I guess it's kind of like a tower defense action eight bit looking game or whatever, but it looks better. But apparently it's good and it's really intense. I don't know. They're gonna do a whole episode about it like next week, so I'll probably just listen to them talk about it and then play it. But but yeah, they made it, which which is cool. So I was uh, I've actually been looking forward to it and all of a sudden it just showed up on this on the on the release list for this week and I'm like, oh shit. And there's like the regular version is $14.99 and there's like a deluxe version with extra stuff in it and all that. But the trailer's pretty funny. I posted it on Slack. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but it's it's on the Switch eShop as well. But it's it's kind of funny how they go through it and talk about the game. And they use, you know, it's basically, it's very much made by somebody who was raised by like 8-bit NES games and all that. Because there's like glitches that are part of the game that like go into like the, the gameplay mechanics and all that stuff. And, you know, that would look like, you know, when you put the, when you put the cartridge in, but it doesn't quite load right. And it kind of like, sort of like glitches out which speaking of cartridges actually uh i forgot to mention this in my earlier stuff but my upstairs neighbor um who's lived in this apartment uh, the same amount of time as i have except an extra month moved out which made me really sad because we were the elders of the apartment but jason left last week but when he left he left me a case of nes games that he had 
Really? So oh. he gave he gave me some That's awesome. he gave me his Nintendo games that he had. So his eight bit games. He asked me. He's like, "Do you want do you want my eight bit games?" And I'm like, "Sure." And uh, the, good hands. A, a lot a lot of them were stuff that I already had. Like he gave me Zelda two. I already had that one. Uh, one of them was Days of Thunder. Never played that game, so I played that <laughs> a little bit. Uh, it's like a racing game, but it's it's kind of 3D, sort of like it's on the curve. You know, when you're going around the whatever. I played around with it a little bit, but another one was uh, he gave me Mario two, and I guess I never had Mario two, so I hooked it up. You never had Mario two? Well, I mean. I, I never bought it. Like, I was never... I, I told you before, I was never a Mario person until post-Mario 64. Mario 64 is the game that turned me around, weirdly enough. But... Uh, I had four of them. I hated... Uh, I, I just didn't like Mario 1. I told you, my, my sisters were mean to me. They'd pause it when I was in the air and make me die and all that stuff. I don't, I don't like that game. But my but my but I remember renting it, and my oldest sister, she played it until the Nintendo overheated and stopped working for like a day or two. I remember that. Hmm. But no, I never actually owned... I didn't think I owned... A, anyway, I couldn't find a copy of Mario 2 that I had, but I have it now. But yeah, he, he gave what me. What if like, I make a list of all my doubles and you make a list of your doubles? Maybe we can do a trade, some trades. Sure. Another one he gave me was uh, was ice hockey, which I didn't have a cartridge of that, and that's a classic one. I know that's one of John's yeah. favorites. Love it. Uh, we played it on the NES uh, on the NES thing, but it, it was cool. It was cool. He gave me a, you know, it was one of those leather cases. It really destroyed, really beat up, and all that. But mm-hmm. that old NES case, uh, Conan actually gave me one too. Of, of games and uh, Mega Man 2 was in there. I didn't have a Mega Man 2. That's I mean Mega Man 2 is actually like still going for like six, lot, like yeah. 60 bucks like in the cart by itself. So, you know, that's a you know, that's a big one. So, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for for throwing me those games, Jason. You know, that was that was really awesome. cool. He basically left it in front of my door after he left. Just left me a little little, little thing of games there. I was like, "Oh, that's nice." I said you left, but thanks for send me some games so yeah so it was cool so i so i played so i uh you know boot up the old uh nes with the with the blinking light win and all that and everything still works great on it and it's cool it's nice to play some games like i said set up for jess just got to play it a little bit so is yeah they they enjoyed uh playing it on an old tv and like how i was like you like how fast it was right like hey yeah you don't have to go through menus and everything's like you know so much brighter and all that do you have lolo i don't think i have lolo i we can yeah we can we can talk about it through slack and all that but uh yeah, I do have a. There's like a few uh, extras that I have in a case that I have doubles of. Um, but yeah, no, it was, there were some games that I didn't have, but it was it was still cool to get to get a gift of NES games. I appreciate Jeopardy. That. I have two copies of Jeopardy. <laughs> Double Jeopardy. I thought I thought Single I well, yeah. I thought I had Jeopardy. I thought I had the Jeopardy on NES. I know I have the Super Nintendo one, or I thought I did. I don't know because I was collecting those for a while. But yeah, the NES stuff. Also, another game that I'm super interested in playing, and actually, a friend of the show is reviewing it. I think for Nintendo World Report. But uh, um, Nobody Saves the World is coming to Switch this week, and Nobody Saves the World is, was already on a whole lot of Game of the Year lists for people. And it's a super quirky uh, RPG thing where I guess you're nobody, and you're a character that turns into other characters as you go through the game. From from what I understand, I know it's already on friend of the show Janet's uh, Game of the Year list. And uh, I've been really, I, it was like one of the first ones I heard about this year that was like, oh shit, this game's really good. You know, that was like the first time. And it, I figured there was going to be some time before it made it to Switch and now it's coming up to Switch this week. So I'm like, shit. And it's another like, it's like, what is it? Like, um, I didn't put the price down, but it's, it's like, it's like another like fourteen ninety nine, I think maybe $20, but it's not expensive, you know? So I'm like, oh shit, I should maybe check out that one for sure. Because a lot of people have been really talking about it. But then it's also, like I said, that I made, I said, I made the pack that I wouldn't get another RPG until I beat an RPG. And I was like, does this still count? Even though it's an indie RPG? I don't know. I might have to play some mental gymnastics with that. To I think you can do whatever you want when it. it comes to, 
indie games like if you're gonna buy an indie game just do it uh-huh. i think that should be the rule because they need the support yeah i want to i want to play it just because like i said it's been a lot of people have been talking about it being a, a game of the year uh indie rpg thing and i'm definitely always interested in weird rpg ideas so cool also we talked about it earlier but uh, formula retro racing as well is coming out this week for 14.99 um as they say on the internet or on youtube for some channels it's a wallet breaking week there's a lot of really good stuff coming out this week <laughs> We talked about Slipstream already. Well, that, that came out last week. Um, uh, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. That's supposed to be really good. Uh, it's what is made by the same guys who did uh, uh, Muramasa, the Demon Blade. So mm-hmm. it has that same like uh, beautiful artwork and all that stuff. Uh, what, what's the what's the uh, developer name on that? I should I should know it. Vanillaware. That's what it is. Uh, it's a Vanillaware game that they they're known for like having like incredibly beautiful. Uh, Really, really beautiful hand-drawn sprites. Uh, also, very beautiful food that you see in there that you eat. And uh, apparently, Aegis Rim is like a really good like point-and-click visual novel uh, mixed with like mechs, like strategy stuff in there. I heard it's great. It's coming out for sixty dollars. I'm not gonna throw sixty dollars down to it right now, but um, if it's on sale, I'll check it out. I, I hear people are loving it on Switch. They're saying it's a really good. It was ported really well and it looks great. So, so there's that. And also, don't forget, uh, this is a big one. That I might be interested in getting if it's reviewed well enough, but Bushy Ho- Bush Hockey League is coming out this week, and it's cheap. It's coming out for sixteen dollars for fifteen ninety nine. It's coming out on the fourteenth, and Bush Hockey League is that game that looked it looks very much like Wayne Gretzky's three D hockey, for anybody who remembers that, and all the mini versions oh, yeah. that came out of that for the sixty four. I think there was three of them, right? And they were all kind of the same game, with with different so. with uh, different rosters or whatever, but. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not really a sports person, but I would uh, give it, a, I would give it a try if it's like that. Not yeah. am I, but Wayne Gretzky, that was a great game. A lot of great memories of that one. But you like hockey games though, John. Like you I love, do. you love ice hockey. You love super blood hockey. So, so, I love so you ho- like, I love soccer games of steel. so you, so you yep. do like, you do like some sports games and I, you know, no, I, no, I don't like, I don't like sports, but I like sports games, but you like hockey games. Sports I'm just saying, games, I'm saying you yeah. do, I'm saying you do like hockey games though. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, hockey and soccer. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, apparently um, the Switch Sports has been sent around to all of the main, you know, video game coverage people and all that. And, uh, you know, not a friend of the show, but somebody that I know two of us listen to on the regular got to do a preview of it. Uh, You know, Kat Bailey from uh, Axe of the Blood God did did a whole thing about Switch Sports. And she even uh, kicked her shoe off and hit a TV, which uh, which was it, yeah. which was in the video uh, with the with the with the Nintendo spokesperson and all that. I thought that was funny, but is that on IGN? Yeah, yeah, I I, I posted on the Slack. She wrote a big art, an article about it, also if you can read it. But um, yeah, uh, Switch Sports is actually coming out in a couple weeks. It's like right around the corner. It's actually it's going to be out like not next week, but the week after. So I think just right? in time for us to actually go outside and play sports. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm still, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of divided on that game. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah, I'm going to have a great time with bowling, obviously, because bowling's going to be great. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, does it have well, enough? Well, it could st- be bad. It's like, does it? Well, I mean, what I've heard is from everybody saying bowling is just as fun as it was before. Okay. And, and, and we, we'll, we get to play I really it. like bowling. We get to play it also. Like, uh, John played it. I played it. You know, we, we played it when they did the, the test the test. Run. That's right. I didn't get to do that. So, so we did get to demo it a little bit. And John played the online mode, which I... Wish I had a little bit more time with that because I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm. You know, I'm really interested in like what the staying power is with the online stuff. You know, but it, I think but it's, it's going to be really strong. Yeah. Um, but the thing uh, is, the the only thing I'm really excited about is bowling. Out of all the games, like I don't really care about. You soccer. like golf games though, too, though. I do, but golf isn't going to come out until later. 
that's the problem. It's not golf isn't coming out until like fall, right? So yeah. So I would basically just be buying it for bowling, you know. And it's kind of like for now. But, uh, we, yeah. I mean, Wii Sports was easy because Wii Sports came with the system, and then Wii Sports Resort came with the like you know came with a controller also, or came with the you know the Motion Plus. Motion so Plus, that was, yeah. and plus Wii Sports resort was more there was like archery and like skydiving and all this other weird shit in there that i thought was fun you know so mm-hmm. but it but as far as the games that are in like i don't i don't care about volleyball like i don't really care about you know i thought even chambaro was kind of like whatever you know I, didn't, I couldn't even really get into that like the only thing i really liked was bowling so it's like i think it's gonna be enticing enough to have pick up and play bowling with 15 other people whenever you want yeah and it's, it's the, probably the first uh well, it's the first game since Animal Crossing that I would buy just digital as far as Nintendo first party, just because it's the kind of thing that you want it on your system all the time. Or uh, I, I don't see myself putting a cartridge in, taking that extract every time to just play these little mini games for a couple minutes. But I think the possibility of pick up and play, uh, you know, soccer and eventually golf and all these different things uh, with, with random people online, that's fantastic. But if but if you buy it physically, you'll get that metal water container from Walmart. So I know you oh, really want that. That's true. <laughs> I, I saw that was a new like pre order thing. You get a get this metal water, which is probably like this. It's probably like tiny. It's probably like this tiny like half size of a water bottle. But you get a metal yeah. Switch Sports water bottle. No, I think the bowling aspect is going to be fun of it. I, I'm just like wondering how much fun I'm going to have from like from like badminton and tennis and definitely. I mean. I, not, this is fun too. So, I mean, soccer really looks like they're trying to pull from, uh, like they're trying to pull a lot from Rocket League. But I, I don't know if it's like it's going to have the appeal and all that. You know, it reminds me a lot of Rocket League just looking at it. But I don't think it's as fast, or I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming around. I mean, we're in the time right now where games are just popping off like crazy. So I might end up not getting it for a minute, or maybe get something else. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it how it is. In a couple of weeks, when we get to that, but yeah, that's that's one that's right around the corner. Uh, last uh, this weekend uh, was it last weekend? There was a big uh, Star Trek convention in Chicago, which I really wanted to go to, but it was kind of it was like it was like sixty five dollars a day, and I couldn't justify doing that. But I wanted to try to go there, like Jess and I could go for like a day or something. But um, a bunch of shit happened. Actually, a friend of the show, uh, Marielle, was there from uh, Third Course Review. Uh, she's been writing a bunch of stuff up on it, which I've been checking out, which is really cool. But they they announced a new Star Trek game for the Switch there, because I think they're trying to make it kind of be like the Star Wars celebration that happens in Chicago, but like this is Star Trek mission, you know, and we're going to do a bunch of Star Trek announcements and stuff like that. I know I had they had panels for all the different shows and all that. And uh, they also announced uh, Star Trek Prodigy Supernova. And uh, Star Trek Prodigy is actually a show that I really liked. It's a new, it's a new like CGI animated show. Kind of looks a little bit like the Star Wars Clone Wars Rebels stuff did. But it's basically like it's a Star Trek show for kids who don't know anything about Star Trek. So it's basically trying to explain Star Trek to you. And I thought that was a really cool Nickelodeon, idea. Nickelodeon, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's on Paramount Plus, actually. I've been watching it on Paramount Plus. It, but, it's, yeah. but it is going to be on Nickelodeon later. I don't think it's actually been on Nickelodeon yet, technically. I think it's only exclusive to Paramount Plus. But it's basically this like you know this ragtag group of uh, of characters, and they're all you know they're all like alien species, and they basically discover a, a you know like an Enterprise style ship that has a hollow that has a hologram of Janeway on there, who basically Janeway explains to them the way like a Starfleet would react, and they you know l- learn about Star Trek through this like stolen ship that they got from this mine from this. Is it mining. voiced by uh, Jane or uh, by Kate 
Mulgrew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, of course it is. It, nice. oh, it has all the actual voices. They did. They did an episode where there was like a Kobashi Maru like training mission where they actually brought all these characters from previous Star Trek shows onto it, and they were all made. Dolph? Like, like, well, most of a lot of them were dead. Like, it was a uh, like, like, yeah. like they did like Spock and uh, Odo and uh, well, Nichelle Nichols. She's not dead, but I know she's not healthy right now. But, um, but they they brought a lot of these people who had who had already died, and they actually used audio from the previous shows to like mix together to create new dialogue for them, which I thought was really really cool. So. They've done a lot of great stuff on that show. But anyway, there's going to be an ep- I don't know anything about the game, but they just announced that there will be a game on Switch that has to do with Star Trek Prodigy. And that's cool, because I really enjoyed that show. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Because I really liked like, the Below the below Decks one. was really cool, the stuff I watched from that. Oh, Lower I Decks. That. I think Lower Decks is the best new show they've done so far. Like, Lower Decks is so good. Like, Jess and I loved it. Like, I think... I think as far as like the new uh, Paramount Plus Star Trek stuff, I think uh, I think Lower Decks has been the best. So I've enjoyed what I've seen of it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like they they have a lot of good like deep cut stuff like in there, and they and like I saw like the whole cast was there. Like Jack Quaid was there, and he was he was wearing a wig like a blue wig that looked like his character that had like the big swoop up and all that. Like you know, and they were wearing their uniforms from the show like on the panel and all that. So they're super into it. So that's cool. .mu has begun a series of behind-the-scenes videos for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Do you guys watch that video? I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't watch it. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if there's anything new. There's no release date still for this yeah. game. And all the comments on the video were like, when are you going to talk about the release date? It is, it is um, kind of weird to post more, more videos, but nothing about a release date. I guess that, to me, that's making me think that it's not coming out this year. But hasn't it been? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I it's feel like I feel like they've been working on it been... for a while. And maybe maybe now that there's the Cowabunga collection, they don't want to like release it right. too close to that because people because Cowabunga collection has like twelve games in it versus like one game. So maybe right. they just don't want to be at the same time because they'll be like, be... "Why do I need this new Turtles game? I got all these old ones that I loved as a kid." You know, like when I just get yeah. these. You know, and I think that one's coming out June twenty fourth, sometime in June. So yeah, I don't think this uh, this Turtles game is coming out till later in the year maybe maybe they were just being coy about the release date because they knew about the other turtles game um two competing companies whatever uh maybe they're playing chicken with the release date or something and so now they now they know the release date of the other game and i expect to hear a release date pretty soon maybe it'll be at the you know this is a series of videos they're doing they called this number one so um maybe the last video will finally hear the release date um it didn't really give it too much new information it was just kind of showing some footage and then it was two of the developers talking about their inspiration how they were happy about making this based on the original cartoon show how that drove them so yeah it's worth the watch and again what a tease i just want to know the release date guys let me know so (laughs) yeah it looks great um but yeah i don't know why they're waiting on that release date well sonic 2 has become the (laughs) all-time uh Earned the all-time best opening weekend for a video game movie. Really, one million dollars. Yep. Really over de- over Detective Pikachu. I. Yep. This is a bit of a Animal Crossing, like, or a, I mean, maybe not completely, but don't you kind of get a feeling like this is a little bit of a like they're kind of benefiting off of like the fact that about the state the of the world aren't as much of a thing. Yeah, how things like, are more open, yeah. open, I guess, than they. Now that a lot of the mask mandates yeah. have been lifted, and now there's this big like. It would normally have came out in the summer, I would think, but here we go. Well, I was just thinking. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about like Sonic the Hedgehog two stuff because you know you hear about it talked on various podcasts and all that. 
I, you know, I really don't care. Like I, I watched the first one. They had me for that one, but the second one, you know, I don't, I really don't care. Uh, I, I'll, I'll see when it comes out in video. I mean, maybe I'll watch it when it's free on something, but I'm not even really excited about that. Even like, I really, I just, I just don't care. But, uh, but I was thinking about like the way I feel about Sonic now versus before, like when Sonic one came out, I was all excited. I was buying all these Sonic games that were on sale and all that stuff. And this one came out and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like whatever. I returned didn't to, even like go to a, Olive Garden. I did. I mean, I didn't go to Olive Garden the other time. I mean, Olive Garden is trash. I, I wouldn't go there. I mean, free, you know, endless breadsticks or not. Like, I mean, I can't, I can't even really eat Italian anyway. Not even bad, bad Italian. Anybody interested like, in a Chuck E. Cheese movie? Oh wait, hold on. We got. We got to say. Going. We got to say one more thing about Sonic Two, though. We just oh, have okay. to rant for a second. So, so the director, worst idea of all time. The director said that he was interested in making a Super Smash Brothers movie. That's that's going to have a lot more. Uh, I think you made this joke, John, but it's going to have a lot more characters once they work in all of the human characters that have to fit in with each of the Nintendo characters, right? It's going right, to be like yeah. a hundred and sixty-five person cast or something like that in the end. <laughs> Everybody needs their Tom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be its own like universe. Yeah, I think that's the worst idea of all time. Like, please don't do that. Like, don't. I mean, it's not going to happen. But leave, leave Smash. All Brothers. the human counterparts. Leave Smash Brothers alone, please. Finally. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see a movie of that. I mean, the closest thing, hopefully, the closest thing we ever saw of a Super Smash Brothers movie was a uh, was the uh, World of Light or whatever single player thing, like that opening cutscene that we saw. The only way I want to see him. a Smash Brothers movie if it's made in the style of like DBZ or something, you know, I want, I want a very. You want really, you want really long fights that, yeah. that go like entire movies based on one fight. <laughs> well, I mean, it's sort of more the action of it, unless the yeah, yeah the drama, but. I just really, I would never, I don't see how you would find a, a story in that. Like, really, I mean, I just unless... want to actually see Luigi get killed. You know, I want to see <laughs> Kirby get dropped off of the edge of a cliff and fly back up. Yeah. I mean, well, I, they would, they would have to like, you know, make a successful Mario movie, you know, which that's still up, up for debate. And then like, and then just, you know, create it, keep creating all of these other Nintendo property movies. And then we'll have our Avengers movie. It's a Smash Brothers movie where they all come together and kill then each other. Then we'll get Waluigi goes to college finally. <laughs> well, Waluigi <laughs> hopefully is still not in it because he's never going to be in Smash Brothers. I mean, he probably will eventually, just because they give in to fans. But I don't know. Once he gets that degree <laughs> from college, he might reconsider. Yeah, right. Um, this one is so like this is a dumb one, but we'll cover it anyway. Uh, go for it, Chuck E. Chuck Cheese. Cheese is going to be appearing in movies and cartoons. So they're looking to branch out into into media for turkey cheese the so. first the first thing i thought was uh well it's a sinking ship and we got to do something for somebody to give a shit about this uh old uh old property which no one probably cares about anymore and probably nobody goes there because of covid and all that hey, do kids today even know about turkey cheese i don't think so they do but only because of five nights well second the other oh, right. thing i was thinking about a Chuck E. cheese movie is like I want you to make a movie and tell me why you killed Showbiz Pizza. Like, why did Showbiz Pizza get the shaft? That's what I want to know. Because if you remember way back in the day when we were kids, there was a place called Showbiz Pizza, and Chuck E. Cheese was just, yeah, we're a, was kid just be a kid. Chuck E. Cheese was just a drummer. He was just a small part of the band. But then all of a sudden, everybody disappeared, and he was the main person. That's where the story is. We need to know who killed Showbiz Pizza. And why Chuck E. Cheese did it. That's that's what we need to know. And that's what we got to do about this movie. There's a really cool uh, YouTube channel. God damn, I wish I could remember what it's called now. But it, it 
really blew up early in the years of YouTube. Somebody actually bought all the puppets from a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, the scary ass robots. They have them and they like have reprogrammed them to do like pop songs or like hip hop songs or whatever. And it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's called I've like the, that. I can't remember what it's called, like Rock City or I don't know. It's got some sort of like. Yeah, there's actually, I, I know what you mean because there's actually a documentary about that. Is there? Uh, yeah, the right, whole no. documentary. Uh, what it was, whatever the band name was of the Showbiz Pizza Band, we can look it up mm. real quick. Um, they made a, a documentary movie about this, but they do like uh, you know, apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, <laughs> right. and it's so good. Like, they do such a great job. Like, and they're using the original audio, you know, they're not putting the character voices in there or whatever. But I just really like how explosion. they, yeah, yeah, they like jump from character to character and they've got their little <laughs> vocal parts, and it's pretty cool. Another idea for a good Chuck E. Cheese movie would be uh, to make it into a horror movie because those robots are fucking terrifying. Like, uh, I always wanted to be, you know. Well, I, they already kind of made the. Uh, Nick Cage did kind of. Yeah. Like a, I know. I was going to say, uh, not to be confused with Willie's Wonderland, which I actually did yeah. watch, and it was pretty good. I watched that movie. I've heard mediocre things about it. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, as far as horror movies where. Uh, showbiz pizza type characters kill people it's pretty good considering that that's probably the only movie that's like that so it's a, it's it, i'll give it <laughs> which a, is surprising originality the, for five that nights blew up like five or six years ago now yeah. maybe even more it was back when i first got my android so maybe it's like closer to 10 years like uh i don't know it's kind of funny to think of the fact that you know obviously that the whole uh, idea of Chuck E. Cheese or I guess going back to showbiz or whatever the original concept was, maybe the um, what isn't the country bear, country bears or whatever. And Embry, yeah. 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 The whole point of this was to like bring cartoons to life. So it's kind of funny. They're going the opposite way. They're taking, taking them something back to cartoons, bringing yeah. cartoons to life. Yeah. And then turning it back into cartoons. It's, it really seems like a de-evolution and I don't know how I feel about it. And, I might just never watch these cartoons, believe it or not. You know, you know what? I don't think you're the only one. I think no one's going to watch these <laughs> cartoons, and they're just going to continue to tank. But I'm doing it because I stand happen. for things. I, I'm, I I'm stand just, for things. I'm just telling you, this is this is them just like trying to do whatever they can to stay in the business, and I think no one gives a shit whether they're doing movies or cartoons again. Like, what, I mean, if you remember, what kids the even thing- remember what it is like. Early on in the pandemic, a big thing was that they were like, they rebranded themselves to sell pizza. What was it? Named after whoever the rat was. The band. Yeah. And so they call it like, rat, what was, I can't remember what the rat's name was, but yeah, they became that name, Pizzeria, just to be able to sell their food on Grubhub and stuff when people couldn't actually come to <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. They had to keep selling product. They had to keep like their employees employed if possible. So like, what else were they supposed to do? I totally get it. But like, that just kind of like, to me, this just feels like another extension of that. Yeah. That kind of desperation of like, we have to keep this license relevant. We paid a lot of money for it 20 years ago or whatever. And we got to milk it for all it's worth. And mouse milk, you don't get a lot of milk from a mouse. Ew. That's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a, there was a Simpsons episode where they found out that the milk they were feeding the students were actually, was actually mouse milk. And it was really <laughs> gross. Milk milk yeah so it was uh it was gross yeah chuck e cheese whatever make it a horror movie if you're gonna make it good make it a horror movie about the freaky ass robots i never wanted to be caught behind the anybody who cares about chuck e cheese is old enough to see it as a horror movie yeah i, I mean i never yep. wanted to be caught on the stage like when the curtain comes down and i'm just next to these terrifying robots 
that that don't move. I mean, it, it's kind of like I mean, you could eat, I when I first when I first saw like Meet the Feebles, like the you know that movie, the Peter Jackson mm-hmm. movie, that kind of reminds me of Chuck E. Cheese in a fucked up way. You know, they even did. There was even a regular show episode about like killer Chuck E. Cheese robots that go and try to kill everyone. So it's like everyone, you know, anybody who's of the age that would give a shit about this has thought about that. So if they really want to as a kid, like I didn't give a shit it. about the robots, like whatever. I I enjoyed them more as a teenager. Like, I think I went there once, like in my late teens, as kind of a, a joke, just to like go, or maybe it was with my siblings or something. But like then I kind of appreciated the robots more. And you know, since then I've seen Captured by Robots a few times, and my yeah. God, like they're great. That can be really, <laughs> really well done. You know, this concept of animatronics <laughs> performing is actually a really cool concept. It, it's not just the gimmick it originally started as, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, um, but I don't know, man. Chuck E. Cheese as a license, that just needs to go away. Like, who cares anymore? Yeah, just... Bring back showbiz. I say bring back showbiz. <laughs> showbiz was more... Uh, make that monkey... More that... of like... <laughs> Make that ape you the were right color. You naming it after one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the ape is like purple now. Like, bring it back to the original black ape. I want to see the original black ape. Like, they pretty much like just gave everybody a facelift. They were all the same robots. They just gave them different skin. Bring them back to their original. Put that. I mean, put that scary ass cheerleader lady in there. You remember that one? Yeah, that one was really freaky. She's, she's <laughs> in that apple bottom jeans video a lot. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, my sister had a toy of that one. It would terrify me. She had like one of those like you know like ones with like all the the, the like the the fur and the and the and the like uh, cloth clothes and all that. It's terrifying. Yeah, as a kid, I I do recall it was Showbiz Pizza, and then it became well, there were the Chuck E. Cheese and Showbiz were different, and then when we, when we would like visit our family in uh, Sacramento, we would go to uh, they would take us to uh, Chuck E. Cheese, which I don't know, maybe it changed as it came from the West over, but. Um, I never cared about the robots as a kid. I just, it's like whatever you eat this pizza that I don't even really care that much about. And then and play I the just games. want to go to the ball, the ball yeah. pit. I want to get the games. tickets. I want to win the stupid prizes. <laughs> well, uh, I mean the, the, the showbiz pizza that I went to in Peoria, we had, we had the Simpsons arcade game. We had the turtles arcade game and we had the star Wars arcade game. So those are the only games I came. I went there to play. Like I didn't give a shit about anything else. I didn't even eat. I probably wasn't even eating pizza then. Like when I was a kid, I hated pizza for the longest time. But uh, yeah, I was. I was just there to play. I was like, oh, you got the Star Wars one, like where you sit down in, you know, like the big one that you can sit and you know has like the big picture Darth Vader on the side and all that. And that's what we were doing, playing the Simpsons and Turtles and all that stuff. I didn't even really care about getting the getting the fake mustache or the mustache comb or whatever from there. But uh, we should <laughs> we should move on. Uh, close here is a big one. The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past is 30 years old as of today, 30, April 13th. 30 is that the North old. American release? The North American the... release, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, yeah, it's probably older from, from Japan and all that. A Link to the Past. I should play that game again. I mean, it's been a long time since I've played it. I don't remember when I played it last, actually, to tell you the truth. Probably my favorite Zelda. Yeah. It's a, I mean, that's, I always feel like that's a, I mean, that that's a battle between Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past. The I, I, I think, I think, like, well, yeah, Breath of the Wild, I guess now. But Ocarina before, of Time's not even in the running. Yeah, the I mean, I was going to say, like, I definitely think A Link to the Past has aged a lot better than Ocarina of Time between the two of them because it's the, you know, the sprites, they age better, I think, mm-hmm. than, than 3D. I think it's likely the first does. Zelda that anyone ever got into. Like, there's a whole generation now that says Wind Waker is the best Zelda ever. For me, it was Ocarina of Time because that's the first one that I got into. I played the other, the other ones. 
but it was always over at a friend's house. And uh, but I dove into Ocarina of Time head headlong and, and never looked back. I think objectively, of course, Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda game ever made, but my personal favorite remains Ocarina of Time. Sure. I mean, people got their reasons. Uh, the the first the first Legend of Zelda though that I ever like dove into and played and loved was A Link to the Past. So Link to the Past was my mm-hmm. first Zelda. I remember watching people play Zelda one and Zelda two at friends' houses, just watching them play it, and I just didn't understand it. You know, it just never really meant anything to me, and 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 I never beat it. Never beat the first Zelda. Never beat Zelda two either because it's super hard, but. It just was like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, whatever. I just want to play Batman. I want to play all these shitty licensed games because that's what I was into at the time. Spirit Tracks is the best one. I forgot about that. I like Spirit Tracks. <laughs> I know I know you don't like it, but I like Spirit Tracks. I just want to um, imitate a train. No, Spirit Tracks is fine. You know, for me, it, it really was Zelda 1. Zelda 1 was the first one I got into, and it was because I bought it myself with my birthday money and my 10th birthday. And... uh yeah, I never beat it until several years later because I didn't know about the bombing to get to the ninth dungeon. But uh, man, that game for me is just one of the best games ever made. The original Zelda. It's just a perfect game. But also a perfect game is A Link to the Past, which is the 30th. It's anniversary. even more perfect. No, I just, it, this was the one that turned me on to Zelda. I, I didn't own it. A friend of mine lent it to me. And I played it, and he actually lent me his strategy guide as well. So I played it with the strategy guide, and I was like, I was like, I love this game. And I still think, I still think like the soundtrack is really, really good. Like I still love the theme song for the dark for the dark world, and I love like the. I think one of my favorite Zelda songs is like the song. It's like, it's like the uh, the sanctuary song or like the opening song with the rain is like really good, or like the song that when you go into the where you have to shoot the targets. Like that one's really good too. Like it's just the soundtrack is incredible on it. And it's just, yeah, I really, really liked it. It was my, it was my first Zelda game, but it, but also I still think it's a great, great game. And I played it, you know, I, of course, played it on Game Boy Advance when they re-released it and gave Link a voice, and it got more annoying. But I still played it all the way through. The and, uh, uh, Hyrule Castle theme is pretty amazing, and what they did with it and uh, Wind Waker when you're like it was talking really good, me. yeah, yeah. Oh, when you the black King. and white, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Oh my goodness, that was so like chilling. Like I got goosebumps. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I was heard that. I was playing that at my brother-in-law's house, and we got to that part, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And and then that music started playing from Link to the Past, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What? That's awesome!" No, I love that they brought Link to the Past in there. Um, let's. Uh, I guess we should talk about the land that we talked about at some point earlier. Uh, Nintendo acquires land for a new development center. What does that mean? Uh, he, they acqu- is in Kyoto. They 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 acquired uh, Kyoto City owned land. Okay. Which will be used as a new de- developmental center, corporate headquarters, building number two. So they're expanding. They're expanding their uh, their development area. So that's cool, right? And they've sold enough switches that they need to expand it out to other areas. It's their own version of expansion pack. Yeah. What's funny is they showed a mock-up of the building, and it looks exactly like the other building. This exact same, like, prison, white, brick design, you know. But they probably want to design it the same way, right? Uh, you, nobody wants to... Their employees don't want to... Architecture's somewhat understated, other than, like, sacred architecture. They don't want it to be right. like, man, I wish I was in building one, or man, I was in building two. It's like, well, the buildings are the same. So get back to making fucking whatever you're making. So, I mean, that you know, Nintendo's making some mad money from the Switch, so... Get another development thing, and that's also that fucking skyscraper money. 
Well, and also don't forget, this is something I don't think is on the notes, but Bandai Namco is working on a re-release of a Nintendo uh, 3D adventure game, 3D action game or whatever. Maybe they're going to develop it in this building. Well, they probably will, but I I think that that game, and, and a lot of people online think this, but a lot of people are hoping against hope that maybe that is our is going to be the re-release of Kid Icarus Uprising, where we actually have good controls and we can play it right and all that. Because Sakurai even said that he was doing another game soon. It's coming out soon. It's not Smash Brothers, because he already did all Smash Brothers stuff, I'm saying. Kid Icarus. He's a rest. Yeah, but he said he was working on another thing. I don't know. That seems to be the, the rumor around the, gray around hair the Bandai. Just relax. <laughs> around the Bandai building thing. that new development center himself. Just for yeah, just that's for actually the new game. The new design team is actually designing the building and building it. <laughs> They're going to 3D print the whole thing with their new 3D print division. <laughs> that they're putting it there. They're going to 3D print uh, Switch Two out of there. That will only play uh, Breath of the Wild Two and Kid Icarus Rising Remaster, whatever. And they can just extrude styluses, so it'll be nice. There's <laughs> still going to be a lot more styluses out there in the world. Or styli, however you say it. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in the news, or we can wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. All right. I do think it was funny. This this last one here. Um, some some people who bought uh, the uh, advance Advance Wars one and two reboot camp got access to it. I guess they like, pre-ordered it. Yeah, they accidentally let them play it. But a couple days after, oh. it got shut down, and and it was completely removed, and they were refunded. So that was just a that was just a small a small flash in a pan. People got to play it for a second, and then it was like, nope. Nintendo like did they get it on the original release date? Was that the issue? I think I think the idea was that because you could preload it, like people had preloaded yeah. it and paid for it, and it accidentally like unlocked like on the day because it was supposed to come out like last week. Okay, it was supposed to come out on like the eighth or the ninth, like whatever that Friday was, and uh, and I think it just accidentally just still went through because it's done. They just delayed it because of yeah. you know worship and all that, and uh, and yeah, it's, it's happened. But then you know it was, I guess they. It became unaccessible somehow, and now they can't play it. It's what I've seen on Twitter of people that posted when they had it. Mm. They got to play it for a little bit, and then Nintendo shut that down. So I don't know how they did it, but somehow, I guess through internet connection or whatever. Like, if you weren't on the internet, could you have just kept it and played it for, for however long? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's but that's been our episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 316. Uh, if you want to hear more of our voices... Go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and listen to our bonus shows on Patreon for just a dollar. You'll hear those bonuses. And for five dollars, you'll hear our uh, the WAOT radio where we use all of the intro and outro songs of each episode, put it into a nice playlist. You can listen to it. Also, you can watch videos of us recording the episode early for five dollars. And you can see that, you know, if you want to see our whatever faces before it actually gets posted and all that stuff. Plus, uh, you know, there's extra ones for physical goodies and all that stuff. And I think you, you can get see to... all the times we flip each other off. Which yeah. is a lot. <laughs> you, get, you get to see, uh, for, you also get physical stuff if you're at the $5 levels. Like I got, there, there was like a sticker that was sent out. There's supposed to be like some other, some other little things as well for people who are on that on a certain amount of time. So check that out. Also, um, if you want to see me uh, try to stream stuff again, go to twitch.tv slash podcast. Also, you can find uh, Jeremy and I on Twitter at Nintendo underscore domain and at jmaxstack. Also, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. You can find stuff on there as well. And uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. I'm John Litter. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.
an announcement saying that like bando namkai bando bandai namco was, bando namkui <laughs> bando namkai is another one of those star wars characters. <laughs> it sounds like one right uh no, no uh, uh uh 